Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. Yo, what's the deal, Panther fans? It's your boy, Tony Dunn, a.k.a. The Professor. It's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. That's right. It's by fans for fans, and I do it with my homeboys each and every week. Tonight we got a great show. We got a good show. We're going to talk about what hill would you die upon? Seriously. As this Panther fan, this Panther team has dropped a bunch of games, we're four nine seven under Teddy losses in a row. What hill are you ready to die on going into next year, completing this season? I'm pretty sure Cody Lashney, my homeboy, has got a lot of hills he's going to roll that card up on and die upon. How you doing, Cody? Tony, you know me, man. I've been dying on a hill for what? Almost two years now. Dude, there's a few hills I'm ready to die on. One, CMC shouldn't play another snap this year. Two, Marty Herney's ass needs to be fired. And number three, the Carolina Panthers need to draft a quarterback. But you know what, Tony Dunn? We're going to have this discussion with the best Panther fans in all of YouTube, baby. And I'm talking about C. Shan Welch, Trill One, Ten, Tizzy, Joey the Blind, Panther Esquivel. Underground West, Nick Montiero, 704-bound Charlotte. I don't even know if I said 10 TC, but I'll say his ass again. Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. The usual suspects are in the house, folks. And so is Greg, the Bat Daddy, the Stat Daddy, the Man of Many podcast. How you doing, Greg? I'm doing fantastic, man. I got a couple hills myself, and one of them's getting pretty full as of lately, and that is the... uh, (laughs) Kyle Allen, Teddy Bridgewater comparison, or if you don't want to put it like that, just saying Teddy Bridgewater's not the guy. So that's definitely one of my hills. But I have another hill that I'm going to uh, climb upon, and maybe it's going to be taken over one day, but we'll see who climbs it with me. And it's the uh, the no rules hill. So we'll explain more about that as we the go. No so, rules hill. Wow. No rules hill. Yeah. So, uh, well, you know I- what? I don't like rules myself. I like <clears throat> that rule. I don't yeah. like rules. I am a kind of revolutionist, contrarian type, anti-authority man who is now a parent, which is problematic. Right. Right? Because then I'm all about rules and silence and quietness. (laughs) Um, Anyway, we got a lot to talk about. The number's 252-228-5098. That's 252-228-5098. 5098, you can be a part of the longest run in Panthers podcast. Live on Tuesday nights. The Panthers do play the Green Bay Packers late on Saturday, which I'm going to go ahead and tell the audience and my co-host here is problematic when it comes to my marriage. 
So Saturday, <laughs> the Panthers square off against the Packers. And I'm a type of person that just rolls from week to week without uh-huh. thinking about the future that much. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a teacher, so usually my life is and – and, and when I say I'm a teacher, I have was a student that ended up turning into a teacher. So I've kind of gauged my life schedule on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule or Tuesday, Thursday schedule, right? And I don't even know which day it is. I just know it's not Thursday or Tuesday, or not Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I just chug along. Mm-hmm. So the Panthers, because we are approaching the holiday season and college football is waning, which has been very difficult. Hasn't it been difficult to keep up with college football this year? Despite less games, the erraticness. Yeah. You never it, know what games are being canceled or postponed. Or, or who's playing, and, right? It's been yeah, very and- erratic. It really has, man. And the college football playoff is going to be pretty weird, too. I mean, it's there's a whole bunch of different scenarios that can happen. Right. But, yeah, you have four four and five win teams going up against, uh, you know, nine and two teams. It's weird. I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm a routine guy. You know, is that I kind of win the Panthers. I just expect the Panthers to play at 1 o'clock on Sunday. Right. When they don't, when it's a Monday or Thursday, or in this case a Saturday night game, it throws me for a loop. It throws my schedule off. And despite me having or being on vacation from my real job, I did not think about this as my wife planned a sort of winter Christmas, friends Christmas. Like we have a couple that's going to come stay with us and they're doing like one of those white elephant Christmases. Or if you're a racist they call we used to call them chinese christmases right i don't know what that means is that i mean like we called it a chinese fire drill when we jumped out of the car and ran all around anyway it's like where you have like <laughs> to say that yeah right you mean but, about it, but, yeah. but ultimately is people bring like a bottle of liquor or a gift card and then you get to take the present away and trade the present that's what i'm talking about she's having she's having one of those with our close friend, she planned it, and she had told me about it when I listened to it in one ear. Don't think about the future in the other ear. And then I was like, uh, so I got a post-game show Saturday night, and she's like, you want a divorce? <laughs> yeah, those were exact words. They were pretty close. They were pretty close. <laughs> I actually, she was like, what time? You know, like, because she oh. knows I'm going to fight to do it or whatever. So, you know, I was thinking about it. I was like, fuck, I'm not going to be able to. I was going to bed last night going, oh, shit. We're not going to be able to. I'm not going to be able to do this this show. Dude, I forgot all about it, man. It's my college team's biggest fucking game of the year, man. Clemson's playing Notre Dame in a rematch At on that time? same day uh, uh, here at Bank of America Stadium, actually. So What time, though? Because the Panthers uh, game is at 8.15. Oh, yeah, you'll be done by then. And then you got to watch the Panthers game. I'm sitting here going. Dude, if Notre Dame loses and then I have to watch the fucking Panthers get smacked by Green Bay and Lambeau, I'm I'm <laughs> going to be thankful that I'm not on YouTube at 1130 at night crying in front of all of our YouTube watchers. Did you say yeah. if Notre Dame loses? You mean if Clemson loses? Yeah, 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 yeah. If 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 Notre Dame wins and and, and Clemson loses, I'm going to be a sad boy 
for yeah. sure. Yeah. A, so I don't dude, think I'm off the Friday, price. Saturday, Sunday. So I'll be able to pre-game drink before the game <laughs> to prepare for it, and then I'll have a day to drink and recover after it. So I'm good, man. So I was thinking though, is like I'm like shit. We're not gonna be able to do this game, you know, like blah blah blah. But since it's an eight fifteen game, <laughs> and the game won't be over till somewhat later, I'm wondering if I can just feed my wife enough booze and the party enough booze to where at like eleven thirty I just sneak up here and do the post game. He's <laughs> trying to talk himself into doing it slowly as we go forward. Right, right. I mean, so, uh, on the show, but yeah. So don't hold your breath, folks. But uh, we'll see what happens. I'll try to do my best. I don't like to skip. I don't like skip uh, podcasts. You know, I'm a, um, I wore this. I have a friend, and I, I go to work, and it, like I'm a shirt and tie guy at work a lot. Where especially when I was a little bit younger. And my one friend said this. He was like, man, you fucked up. He te- he does the same kind of job work I do. He's like, you wear a shirt and tie every day? He said, you take one day off, homie. And people are like, why so casual? And <laughs> I did this, like, and it happened recently. And I, like, went in with just a blazer. I mean, this was, like, last year or whatever. And I went in with a blazer, and, the, and they were like, what is it, casual Wednesday? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> so his solution is don't ever wear a tie. I'm not yeah. going to have him host our podcast because we would never have a show then. But, all right, guys, uh, the tonight, look, the Panthers lost this past week um, again, which I'm not upset by. What do you think about this? Have you know, What do you think about when you – see people who are really angry that the Panthers are losing. Like, do you... I have not been sad. Cody, you said that you would be crying on Sunday if Clemson loses and then you got to watch the Panthers. I assume that's because you expect Clemson or you believe they can win. Yeah, I believe they're the best team in college football. Uh, (laughs) You know? And I think that the the Panthers um, to lose... Listen, I... I came into this year knowing that there were going to be some quarterbacks coming through this next draft that could do a whole lot for our football team for the next decade or more if we do right by them and do basically what we didn't do for Cam Newton and build an actual football team around him, protect him, put weapons on the exterior, and build up the defense. We have the potential to do that, and any time that we have won – this year has been, um, you know, uh, it, it has hindered our ability to be in the position that we want to draft the quarterback that we want. I was telling the bat daddy before the show, man, Panther fans should thank their lucky stars because not only were we correct on Bridgewater and everything that we said would happen did happen that Bridgewater would be just good enough to play us out of contention for the top two quarterbacks in the draft, and that's exactly what happened. Okay, but Panther fans should be uh, thanking their their whatever God they believe in, man, that there is uh, potentially two quarterbacks in Trey Lance and Zach Wilson that might be sitting there for us at, you know, anywhere between four to seven, which is probably where we're going to pick. I mean, 
that's a dream scenario for us. There is no reason for us not to look forward towards our future. But yeah, I'm happy, man. And I'll be even happier the more we lose, as sad as that is. I have not um, looked at, so I was looking at the press conferences and some different things, and like you see these people like, how is this man not fired yet? And I'm sitting here going like, I am like pleasantly, I'm like happy with this season and not happy that we're bad. Like I'm, I think we're less bad than I expected. But when you're talking about thank your lucky stars, that there are two quarterbacks that potentially are kind of game changers that we didn't get played out of. I want to turn the mic over to Greg and say this is maybe in some ways, are we thankful that we do or are starting Teddy Bridgewater instead of Kyle Allen? Because what if PJ Walker, Kyle Allen, would have won us that bet or your bet. And what I mean yeah. by is, would you bet me? Yeah. How many you thought the Panthers were going to win a couple more games? Like ultimately, Teddy's doing better than expected mm-hmm. at getting us closer to the. Like, arguably, we might win more games with Kyle Allen. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it is arguable, but you, you also, I mean, it's like I said, I feel like they're kind of the same. Same in the end quarterback. They do it in different kind of ways, but I think you get the same kind of results, and they both have kind of the same ceiling is what I mean when I compare them. I don't think they're alike at all in the way they do. I think Teddy Bridgewater is a way better quarterback in the pocket. I think Kyle Allen has a better deep ball. Uh, There's different things they do that that help their game and bring them to where they are. But, uh, yeah, as far as your question goes, yeah, I I guess it is. you kind of do have to be a little thankful that, that, that Teddy Bridgewater did end up sucking. And honestly, I, I, I kind of want him to suck a little more or just keep on sucking because, you know, the, the I'm not a fan of tanking, but there's no chance for this season. So now I now the best option is a good draft pick. And that's what I want to go for is a good draft pick. And to people who are upset about the Panthers losing, I don't blame them for that or get upset with them for that, because if you want if I want them to win, too. But if you're stuck on wanting them to or wanting them to win and being upset about just that, then that's fine. I'm not gonna. It's like I'm not gonna tell you who to love or why you can or sure, can't love sure. someone. You know? So I'm okay with those people who are like that. I don't personally feel like that because I'm expecting them to lose. Uh, but Teddy Bridgewater is kind of. You're right. It, he's kind of putting us in a position where we need to be. I just hate we paid him so much money. He's Sam. almost Can worse I than I expected. Is he better or worse than I expected? I'm almost thinking this is that he's slightly worse than I expected. And he's not bad. It's just so blasé that it is. I don't know how we could have won more than four games. Well, the conversation has shifted. I mean, it has really really shifted the other way where we used to have to, you know, you know, we did the the debate with Panther Nation podcast about whether or not Teddy Bridgewater is or isn't it. And listen, like now, if you're if you're saying that Teddy Bridgewater should start next year and that we should build around him, like now you're in the vast minority yes, of Panther that's fans. That's a great way of like, putting it. it, even it, on it has, saying that even on even yeah. like podcast and stuff right and hey man dude hit the thumbs up button man because you hear all the truth first 
here on the C3 Panthers podcast, man. We don't pull punches. We don't tell you what you want to hear. We're going to speak it like it is. And I also want to add to something, too. Like, there's this mindset that I hear people talk about where it's like, oh, you don't ever want to tank. Once you start losing, you become a loser franchise, and you just stay a loser forever. Dude, that's not what anyone is talking about. No one wants to lose forever. No one wants to lose forever. We want to set up our future to have continuous success. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, even those best teams, they had a low draft pick at one point in time, and they built the foundation of their football team. Mm-hmm. Right now, that's what the Panthers have the opportunity to do. We don't want to lose forever. We just know this year is like the past two years. It's meaningless at this point. Well, I when think, they, too, I mean, there's two layers to the discussion, and that is like there's an analytic part to the discussion, which is how does winning and losing in, the, in theory, it's almost like game theory meets sure. what's going on with the Panthers. And then there is the Sunday game day theory where you want to win each week. You know, like, I mean, is that even, yeah. even I would say maybe I suggest you, Cody, who was trying to think in game theory terms of like what we can do with the franchise, what's best theoretically, how to do this, yeah. is that on Sunday you want them to complete the fourth down. You know, like, you know, you're not at that moment. So it's kind of, you have to try to separate Sunday from the vision in some ways. And what I mean is that, like, and it's hard to do that is because we all want them to win today. We all want them to win Saturday. Um, And I think we'd all be happy if they won against Green Bay. Like, we could find some silver lining in this and that. But we could also just say that, ultimately like where where is the real trajectory of the team at this moment the, so the theory yeah. and the practice kind of overlap at times and then you have to try to separate them right now the panthers are 4 and 9 though uh the falcons are 4 and 9 the cowboys are 4 and 9 um and if we're looking at Chargers the draft order yeah and here's the thing is that right now i think there's a legitimate chance that the panthers lose out for the rest of the season. I think, mm-hmm. I mean, and maybe, maybe it doesn't happen. Maybe uh, New Orleans isn't trying to gain some sort of advantage at the end, and they're sitting players. I'm not, um, as I have not studied the playoff picture enough, um, but, you know I mean? Like, New Orleans, they're, they're going to win the division. Do they get, I guess that means they get a bye, Right. Would that be first? They got they're they're trying to fight for a bye and home field, but home field's not as important during COVID. This is true. I'm t- dude, I'm telling you, the the Saints are sneaky. I mean, they just they got knocked out of first place this week by losing to the, the Eagles. But if they if there's no chance of them winning or losing first place or like moving it by the the game they play us. They'll tank it. They'll, they'll throw it just so that we get a worse draft pick. They did it a few years ago. Yeah. yeah. The, the, why? Why, do, why does it matter? If you don't move your position in the playoffs, whatever right. seed you're at, doesn't matter if you win or lose, they're going to throw that game so we get a worse draft pick. They, they, like I said, they did it two years ago. So, mm. A lot of people are saying that's what the Patriots are going to do with the Jets. 
the the, the they're gonna the lose to the Jets on purpose. Oh, yeah. that's awesome! If and they also do that, that would be the best. Jets. Wow, that is crazy. That, that would be. be I would be, yeah. be. You know, and I am secretly rooting for that. But right now, the Cowboys four nine. Like you said, the Chargers. <laughs> this is the order on tankathon dot com slash nfl. Jets number one draft pick. Jacksonville two. Cincinnati three. We're talking 0 and 13, 1 and 12, 2 and 10, and 1 with the Bengals. Those people aren't going to move. Or mm-hmm. if they do, it's not going to affect Carolina, right? Right. It's here when we hit number four. The Chargers are 4 and 9. The Cowboys are 4 and 9. The Panthers are 4 and 9. The Falcons are 4 and 9. And Houston is 4 and 9. Um, but that's the Dolphins. Yes, the Dolphins pick, but depending on what Houston does is whether it affects us or not. Yeah, true. So So the Panthers are going to lose, could arguably lose out. What I was trying to think about is this, is the Chargers, who's going to win a game? You know, are the Chargers going to win a game? Is Dallas going to win a game? Is Carolina going to win a game? Is Atlanta going to win a game? Or is Houston going to win a game? Dude, Tampa Bay or or Atlanta has to play – Tampa Bay twice and Kansas City. Yeah, like I think they are going to lose out. Like, just Dude, like and that sucks. All, all we that... need is for Dallas to win a game. We just got to get ahead of Dallas because Cincinnati and the Chargers are not going to draft a quarterback. That's going to leave our pick of the third or fourth, whoever we think the third and fourth best quarterback is in the draft. Well, Dallas is a problem because even if they decide not to draft a quarterback and they're ahead of us, it means they're going to be taking calls from teams that want to move into that pick if they're looking to, to trade down. And then another like thing, too, We need too, both man. of them to lose. I think and they're going to want to take a quarterback. The Chargers yeah. play the Raiders. Then they go – so they ha- they're on the road against the Raiders. Then they got to play at home against the Broncos. And then they're on the road against the Chiefs. The question is, oh, are, dude, they, they, are, they, are the other Chiefs Other than the Chiefs, people? they could win both of those. Mm-hmm. Well, see, I'm they always thinking this is the game they yeah. lose is like you're almost cheering for that. Like if if they lose against the Raiders is like what you really need, because I expect them to beat the Broncos or I think they could. And I'm just sitting there looking on the Chiefs sitting people in the last week. You know, are the Chiefs not yeah. playing for anything? So, and, by, by, and the Chargers damn near did it uh, earlier this year, and Justin Herbert's uh, first start. Yeah, it came oh, down to the wire. They can beat the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, the Chargers. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not worried about the. I'm not. The only teams I'm worried about is the Cowboys and Atlanta, dude. I don't know that a brand new head coach and GM are gonna love them some Matt Ryan. An older quarterback that's worth a hundred plus million dollars. I dude, that's insane. That the is Cowboys are going to win a game, homie. The Cowboys can win a game, and I think they are going to. They they host the 49ers this week. Mm-hmm. They host the Eagles next week, and they're on the road against the Giants. Now, well, do I believe they're going to win any of those games? I'm not really sure, but they could. Any one of those games. Well, I'll tell you who you really got to watch out for in that case, then, is you got to watch out for Washington. Because all Washington needs to do is win one game and they win that division. If Washington wins next week and Dallas has two more games left, 
and winning one of those games is going to mess up their draft position, they're definitely not going to win one of those last two games. Mm. So if Washington wins next week, you may see Dallas just tank the rest of the, season, the last two games to keep their draft spot. Because I, I don't, I I could definitely see them doing that. You know, if you're not going to win the division, you're not going to go to the playoffs. The Cowboys could just as easily lose all of those. Philadelphia beat the Saints with their with their with their. That's defense. what I'm saying. Is that that's yeah. up in the air? I feel like this is that for us, it's less up in the air than it is for the Cowboys. Like I I feel like look is that on paper we shouldn't win any games. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's we not, can. I do believe the Panthers have been competitive enough that they could win against the Redskins or the Washington football team. They could win, I guess, in some crazy moment against the Packers or something. Like, I mean, I'm not saying it's not theoretical, but I mean, just look at it. You don't have putting money on it. But I'm I'm less putting. Money. I don't feel good if I'm a 49ers fan going into Dallas. Why? Well, because the 49ers are just so banged up. I haven't felt good about them going in anywhere. Yeah, it's less the about Cowboys the Cowboys. Terrible, though. Have you seen the Cowboys? Like, dude, they are trash. Like, I know they're so I terrible. Know. I don't understand how they're so terrible. I, I really don't. Apparently, their defense is like a record breaking bad defense. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Which so is crazy I don't, because I don't all, Alden Smith or whatever is scoring touchdowns each week or what? Getting well, also tanks. fucking oh Butterfingers, Mike McCarthy, dude, that guy, <laughs> uh, dude, he, dude, he's a swindler, man. And dude, there were Panther fans that wanted us. He to got, sign he was fans. in my ear, bro. Yeah, I got, I almost got wooed. You were the only reason I didn't. You were the only yeah. person that kept me from going. Oh. I like the way he's talking. I get it's yeah. almost like well, it well. To be talk. fair, he lost. He lost Dak Prescott. What like three games in the season? So I mean, to be fair, you you lose this quarterback. I'm not saying Dak Prescott's one of the best in the league, but he's a good quarterback. He's he. I think he's better than Dalton or anybody else they put behind. Their center. defense has just so, been such. But their a defense shit is terrible. Crazy. I mean, you're right. It's just it's it, it's. He, he never had a good defense at Green Bay. Right. You know he. So that's just not his thing. Well, I mean, that's his fault, though, you know? No, yeah. They're the head coach of the football team. And apparently there's no, um, like, the locker room. There are players that don't already don't like him at all, uh, think he's a bad coach, talking shit to him to the, or about him to the media, apparently. So it's, yeah, man, I never fell for that snake oil bullshit, man. No, like, you were right. Try and, you were right. You were right the yeah, whole time. We're, we're trying to repackage some old new shit and repurpose it into something that it isn't. Let's do something brand new. Let's buy something out the box, man. And what do you think? Um, we're a couple of days removed from the Panthers losing at home to Denver. Coming off of a bye, which before a bad week against Minnesota, the team has failed in all aspects of the game two weeks in a row. Right? I mean, when we were when we had the Minnesota game, I think we were on the road. I'm not sure about that. But we had a chance for the defense to stop them. It didn't happen. We had a chance for the offense to score and put it away. It didn't happen. And we had a chance for Joey Sly to kick a game-winning field goal that was reasonable. It didn't happen. So, uh, against the Vikings, a full-team loss – 
I'd argue that the same thing happened this past week coming off the bye, though, against Denver. The defense gave up big plays. The special teams gave up a punt return touchdown or kickoff. Yeah, punt return touchdown. And the offense failed to get in the red zone when it was necessary. So now that the team has failed in this light, what it off of two weeks in a row, has anything changed in your mind? What has galvanized, solidified, or evolved since we talked on Sunday? I, mean, I don't know about evolved. I, I know one thing. I'm I'm still perplexed because I keep on hearing this that we are going to play Christian McCaffrey at some point this season. Like I, I want I want to talk about this because I keep on hearing Matt Rule say that Christian McCaffrey is going to play, and I, I just I, I don't I don't understand this. Like I don't understand it, and it's one of those things that it's like this isn't any different from Ron Rivera. Like, don't piss on our leg and tell us that you're training. We know this season is done for. There is nothing to win. Not this year. So why take a player who has been hurt in, you know, almost every game we've played this year, try to back back out there and risk further injury going into next year when, I mean, we're going to need him more than we ever have, Mm -hmm. especially if we have a new quarterback. Is it coach speak? And is it not, you know, while you hear, I'm going to play the players. Um, I'm going to, you know, I mean, I coach each week. They're going to play each week. Not that he said it like that, but he's, you know, Christian McCaffrey wants to play. He's a coach that wants his players to play. He wants to win on Sunday. But is it coach speak to a degree in the fact that, oh, Christian's going to play. Christian's going to play. Wow. He's got a quad injury. Christian's going to play. Christian's going to play. Uh, he's not playing this week. Is it just lip service, or is he really protecting him without saying it? Oh, I think he's 100% like lip service, you know? Like, what, do we ever he's hear protecting about McCaffrey without saying, I don't want to do, like, without saying it. Yeah. Well, no, no, I don't think he's protecting me. I, I don't know if McCaffrey is saying he wants to or not. Like, I think he may be being told not to play. But I don't know Christian McCaffrey's thoughts about that. I mean, it. it, it well, I have no doubt. It's convenient he got hurt again. Yeah. Wednesday That's what I'm saying. Is five. I think yeah. I think Rule is saying, hey, yeah, yeah, we want crap. And we want McCaffrey to play. We want to be competitive each week. Up, oh, I saw he got a toenail. That's too long. He can't play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree, man. And, you know, I, I tell you, you were talking about things that have evolved since Sunday, Tony. I'll tell you a couple of things that have evolved for me. P.J. Walker, Sunday I wanted him in the game. Now that you've brought up this point, we're thinking about Teddy Bridgewater taking us to the promised land of that number five pick or number four pick. Uh, I think he, he might be able to take us there. Teddy might be able to take us to that number four pick. I'm pulling for Teddy. He's doing exactly what we wanted him to do. I don't know if it's what the Panthers coaching staff wanted to happen. But boy, we are uh, we're in these games, and I don't even think it. I don't think it's at all because of Teddy. How about this? If PJ Walker was our starter, I would feel comfortable picking us in just about every game going forward. I mean, the Saints are going to be resting players. (laughs) Yes, yes. I mean, to that point, isn't starting Teddy the best possible thing? No doubt. Uh, That's a. I feel terrible saying that. 
Tim Bridgewater, baby. I'm back on the bridge. Let's go. Oh, and, and one more thing that I kind of thought about just evolving. I started looking at how the seasons played out and where we were going. And now I look at the franchise quarterback that we got rid of and the coach that we got rid of that are now both on teams that are less talented than we have in new systems that are both going to win more games than us. And one of them's going to win their division. Yeah. So the Redskins are not man, less talented Aaron Cam than Newton that bad. You know, the Redskins well, yeah. are a perfect fit. For you mean Ron the football Rivera. team? Yes, football. sorry. The football the football team is a perfect fit for Ron Rivera. <laughs> Sounds weird. You know, yeah. is I bet you we would win one game or we would be winless if Ron Rivera was our coach this year. Thanks. So. You know, Tony, you know how you've been saying that like this is a big time matchup for Ron Rivera and you know he's gonna be motivated and he has something to win for the division. But did you think there's any degree of that from Matt Rule and the Panthers? Like, okay, here comes the old coach, the guy that we fired in favor of you. So do you think now no. this is a vice versa? Do you think there's any uh, gusto to try and, and go and prove yourself against old coach? And no. remember, too, they were the number two pick last year. So it's not like he inherited a team that was talented or full of you know great players. Well, he first inherited, yeah. and it's, all right, this is why the football team is a perfect place for Ron Rivera. Is Ron Rivera again? Is that he is not a bad coach? He's a two-time coach of the year. He is. He's fine. Mm-hmm. Co- uh, coach Rivera is sort of a steadying factor. He's like putting weight in the ballast of a boat. And that is, you have a boat that is, the waves bounce it all around. Well, you put a couple of weights in the bottom, and it really sounds it out a little bit. You know, it levels it out. It holds it down. So, Ron Rivera can, is a is a anchor for an organization. You know what I mean? He is... In many ways, a guy that's unflappable in a way that is, we're going to do this from week to week. We're going to keep doing this, and it's going to work. And he has a recipe, and he has a type of team, and it does work. It works, but the problem is is that it can't work all the time. And Rivera's great with veteran players, a good defense, and low scoring games like that's what he wants and that's what he can do so think about what's going on with the redskins they got a kick-ass defense right now they have like 10 first round picks on their defensive line it feels like they just got chase young who is like the monster man over there that on top of them having they took D linemen like in the first round every year for the last four years yeah jared allen from Alabama, Deron Payne from Alabama, Montez Sweat, who we previewed on our show yeah, from Mississippi yeah. State, and now Chase Young. Yes. They, so they have legit one of the best front fours in all of football. And then you add to the back, they got um, that safety. They pay big money from the Giants that got in a fight with Dave Gettleman. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, They've got talent on their defense. And think about this is what was Washington when they had Dwayne Haskins? They were fucking terrible. Then they got a little bit better when they had what Kyle Allen. And now they're winning games because they got Alex Smith. 
And what they're doing is, is they are, Teddy Bridgewater would work in Washington, but the defense would not work if Rivera was a coach this year. So, like, he, that team fits his mold, but at the same time, they're not that good anyway. <laughs> right? Like, they've only yeah, won five or six, you know what I mean? So, it's not like they're great. Do you think that the Panthers would be better if Ron Rivera was the coach this year or if Matt Rule is the coach? I think it's clear and easy that we, we're we better with Matt Rule because of the young talent we have on our team, and he can make more of that. I would think we would look a mess with some of those youngsters if Rivera was the coach right now. And how about this? If Ron Rivera was still our coach, we wouldn't be talking about Jeremy Chen near the same way. Not even near the same way. I'm telling you, maybe, man. Maybe not. So, so what you're saying, Tony, is it's not the amount of young people on the team. It's how well the coach relates to the young people is what rule has the advantage here, which I can, I can agree with that more than a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, think, I think this Tony is that... getting the most out of all of the young talent. Yeah, okay. I, I can, I can have right now. be more relatable to younger talent. I get that. Yeah. So, um, um, all right. So the Panthers are, well, we got to watch the football team. The football team's catching. This is what the Ron Rivera does with the defensive team. He wins at, in December. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Dude, listen. I mean, if it's not for uh, Kevin Stefanski for the Browns turning them around, dude, how do you pick anyone other than, than Ron Rivera? Uh, dude, the, no, the, LaFleur, the Washington football LaFleur, team. Who is the coach of the year? Dude, it's between it's between Kevin Stefanski and Ron Rivera, isn't it? Wow. How's that going to look with the coach that we just got rid of when's coach? But, of the year? I, but 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 to to add to that, what I'm saying is like, think how bad that team started. They could end up going nine and seven, and that and that would be the team, especially of that momentum that you probably don't want to see in the playoffs with that defensive line. You know what I mean? So it's like, but haven't I seen, I've seen plenty of teams getting as a wild card. And I think what did the giants get as a wild card the year? They beat the, uh, the Patriots first time. Was it 10 or nine and seven? I think there were 10 and six. Either way, maybe nine and seven. Better than nine and seven. But I'm saying I've seen teams that get there like that and they can make a run. So, I mean, it's, it's possible, you know, but at least it's, you know, winning. Well, how it. about us? Remember when they're, 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 they're going to They're going to have more than twice the amount of wins we but, do. Hold on. Let Let's add on to it. Ron Rivera has done it before. When the Panthers were seven, eight, and one in 2014, and we, and we beat the Cardinals Very in the playoffs. True. Yeah. So, hey, man. Shout out, Ron. Listen, there a few things. Two things can be true at the same time. It was best for both parties. To move on. Mm-hmm. It was best for Ron Rivera to move on. He's in a better spot where he essentially uh, gets to rebuild a football team going through an identity crisis right now. Um, and it was better for the Panthers to get a younger head coach that we're going to be able to do a lot of new things with in the future. So, I mean, it worked out for everyone. Yeah. I, I understand yeah. that, but the way yeah. it worked out, didn't they fire him midseason? No. Uh, no, they fired him at like the. Uh, uh, 15th game, you know, it was like two, one week left or something, two weeks left. 
Okay, I can't remember. Anyway, either way, it was after it we was, played uh, Washington. You're, right. you're absolutely right, Cody. I mean, it was right after we played Washington that you got fired. Well, oh man, the stories, the I stories, like them, boys. All right, <laughs> let's go ahead and jump into the cat calls. Go ahead and subscribe to the show. Smash the thumbs up button. Look, you can look at this big giant cast I got on, or splint <laughs> that I gotta wear for six weeks now. Because I smashed the thumbs up button so hard, I broke my thumb in half like a... Mm. Man, it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. They showed me that. I didn't think it was that bad. Went to the doctor Friday, Thursday last week, got the x-rays. They said it's broke or whatever. And then uh, yesterday I went to... Um, I, yesterday I went to like sports met where I met the doctor who was actually going to show me the picture and he was like, this shit looks good, bro. <laughs> and when he says it looks good, like he was cheesing over it being broke as fuck. <laughs> it was like, anyway, uh, I smashed the thumbs up so, button so hard. I broke my thumb. Why don't y'all do it? Call into the cat calls line. The number is 252-228-5098. Let's go ahead and see what you guys got to say. So what are your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty you shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good like a three and a four and a who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his nose? Who's that kid that can use one? Hey, what's up? This is Kevin from Charleston. I got a question for y'all. Um y'all saw Jalen Hurts killer out there with the Eagles and he got drafted I believe 53rd pick we had a we could have drafted him and uh you know we got Grossman Post which I'm happy he's you know he's coming along good and everything but uh I want to know what y'all thoughts is uh, if uh we're going to regret passing on hurt you know and what would that do to Marnie Herney thank you peace that's for you, Cody, because you got the most insight, then I'll hit it. Yeah, listen, so Jalen Hurts, the Saints didn't know how the uh, Eagles intended to play him. Like, there were talks that they were going to try and use him like a Taysom Hill and use him as more of a run threat, which, by the way, he did. He's the only quarterback in NFL history uh, to rush for over 100 yards in his first NFL start. Um, but ultimately, he also was, I, like, pressured on like 10 plays or something where he then had positive, not sacked. Like he should have been sacked and had positive yards on it. Yeah. I mean, listen, he definitely did some good things. Um, based on my evaluation of him, I didn't really like his arm talent. Um, uh, and uh, he's not, I mean, he's mobile, but he's not fast, fast. He's not like Jackson or Murray. Um, no, I think we're fine, man. Uh, I also think defenses are going to catch up to Jalen Hurts real quick. I think he's looking good right now. I don't necessarily see that lasting, especially in Philadelphia, but I could be wrong. I mean, the dude is a testament to determination. If you know his story and know what he went through at Alabama and then transferring to Oklahoma. And he's I mean, gotten better dude, each year, right? Like, I mean, he continues he to con- defy, like he's gotten better each year. Like, he got better yeah, each year in Alabama, and then he got, like, he took a big leap when he worked with a uh, homeboy in Oklahoma. You know, his ceiling, it, his ceiling is probably Dak Prescott. Right. If I'm, yeah. 
Which is so, fine. I mean, that's, yeah, I don't think we know. missed anything, but it's always more than anything than it does maybe relate to us as a franchise. Like, did we miss on him or not? Is it just kind of shows you as a team how you continually are throwing darts at a moving target. And, I mean, if you think about this, is the Eagles just paid Wentz. They invested a high-end pick in Wentz, and you would think he checked all the boxes. You'd probably be jumping up and down for Carson Wentz if we were in that draft, right? I mean, he's that North Dakota State guy. And to be honest, I think that everybody's probably going to give up on him a little too quickly. I think you related a Ryan Tannehill-type potential when it comes to Carson Wentz in the postgame. But it shows you this, is that even with a team who's drafted, who's got money and a quarterback drafted, they're always trying to hit their own moving target. Look, Green Bay drafted, what, Jordan Love in the first round? Yeah. You know what Jordan I mean? Love. You're always, you don't know when it's not going to be there and when it is there. And you're always trying to punch at kind of a shadow in the dark to a certain degree. I know Philly fans hated that pick when it happened. But man, I'll be damned if that uh, if it didn't turn out to be uh, prudent. You, you know, ab right? Well, well, we were talking. The, the caller asked us about uh, Jalen Hurts, and uh, oh. if, if if we're regretting, uh, or maybe we missed out not taking Jalen Hurts. And I basically said defenses are going to catch up to him. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, he doesn't have any elite level arm talent. He's not overly fast. Um, he'll miss he'll miss a lot of layup throws, but he's not a bad quarterback either. But he's just not the player that I would build. He might be better franchise. than we give him credit for, right? He's one of those he might guys. Be better than Bridgewater. Yeah. All right, let's go to the next call two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Hey yo, this is Kevin from fucking Charleston, South Carolina. Oh, he's mad. I want to call time. up and I made a mistake. All right, I thought fucking you know fucking the Jets quarterback was going to be fucking great, and I saw him. He fucking sucked. All right, I admit that. That was my, that was all my bad. But you know what? I got another situation we can fix, okay? Another better fucking quarterback. And I'm, not, I'm doing my New York accent because um, it's about a New York quarterback. Not Daniel fucking Jones. It's not that fucking uh, Buffalo fuck. Or, uh, you, know what, you know who's going to come back? You know who we're going to sign in the offseason to fix our problems? Because we're not going to fucking draft a quarterback on top six fucking round. I guarantee that. I'm sorry, fucking Cody. It's not fucking happening. All right, I'd rather go to the fucking second. Or third, or fourth, fifth, sixth, fucking, I don't care, he fucking eight. Like fuck he's it. like a. I tell you what I'm getting. We're going to get the greatest Yorker. fucking New York quarterback ever. And that's Vinny fucking Testaverde. We're going to get no. fucking Vinny back up here. Old man Vinny. You ever seen the fucking Logan movie? He's probably old like Wolverine? 60. Right that's what, now. that's going to be Vinny. All right? Remember when fucking no, Wolverine drank that liquid meth? No, so he fucking that went on a fucking now? rampage. That's what we're gonna do with Vinny. We're gonna give Vinny some liquid right. fucking meth. We're going on with this mess. That's my that's my friend from Twitter. He's a Gamecocks fan. If you don't know Gamecocks, that's the rival for Clemson. But he's also a Panthers fan. He likes to shoot the I shit. Love I love hey, it. But he told me he told me he called in twice. So there should be another one uh, with my man doing the New York accent too. All right. All right. I thought the first one was from him and reasonable. Second one, I love Vinny. I like Vinny Testaverde, so you know what? I'm all right. Bro. Have you heard the stories about how he loves to talk about himself? Like, dude, if if, if you're around Vinny Testaverde, he will talk with you like he's fucking John Elway. 
I, I've heard like multiple people say this about him on like podcast. I would too. I would if I was him too. All right, two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. I'm refilling my beer as this call goes on. I sat here Sunday and uh, is this, this I couldn't even watch the podcast. I had to wait until um oh Monday man, night here to watch this. it. Uh, but uh, just because of the game, man, I'm so tired of these games where we're so close. And then the draft position looks good, and, and I'll get it out in a minute. But I, I get tired of playing Pittsburgh and Denver and, and all these other teams. We've only beat one time in our history. So many times we should have won. Yeah. And when I hate a franchise like Denver or New England or even Pittsburgh or you know Atlanta, New Orleans arrivals, I get tired of losing these games. I watch football because I want my team to win. I love a nice draft pick. At the end of the day, it's good to have a higher pick. Um, but I just get so sick and tired of seeing the same story. Uh, one thing I'll say, I know a lot of people, I've been online and people are on, on Coach Rule and, and Joe Brady saying, okay, we, we, we made a mistake with the coaching staff. Look at how well Ron's doing in Washington. I don't want Ron Rivera back. I got so sick of tired of seeing the coach fold his arms, and now we've got a coach I see in the game. He is focused in the game. He's paying attention to what's going on. Yeah, we're losing these games, but we're close. His coaches have made some mistakes, but I think they're game planning, and we're preparing a roster who is not as strong as rosters we've had in the past. We've got a good coach. We knew the first year was going to be a struggle everywhere. Matt Rule has been his first year has been a struggle, but he's gotten better. I think you'll definitely yeah. see a corner turn next year. Now, in saying that, I really do feel getting a better draft pick, it does scare me a little bit um, because I know everybody wants, you know, Zach Wilson. Um I'm just so worried we're going to pick the next Blake Border or we're going to get um, uh, Josh uh, – um, gosh, I can't think of his name now. <clears throat> the guy Josh Rosen, I bet you Arizona, who went to Miami. Yeah, yeah Rosen. I forgot where he is now. Uh, I'm just afraid we're going to get a quarterback who's is, is really not going to be worthy of a top five or ten pick. And we have a Zach Parsons out there, a linebacker that can be a stud for ten years. Or we can get a Patrick Sertain from Alabama, a shutdown corner. When's the last time we've had one? Um, I really want to build strong defense. I think that Phil Snow's done a good job considering what we've had to work with. I was upset with Jermaine Carter's play. It was a bonehead play, too, but I'd rather see him inserted making plays than where he had tired Whitehead out there that mm-hmm. couldn't make a tackle. That was, hey, he picked up on that right away and didn't keep him. You think Ron was taking the veteran off? True that is I'm sure he's going to call. Uh, we got a part two coming to that. Um, but let's go ahead and discuss that. But you know, t- uh, tell me, tell me, call his name again. He calls in all the time. He's one of I'm our, pretty sure it's Chuck from Elizabeth City. Think Chuck from Elizabeth City. So, li- yeah. well, listen, Chuck, I want to I want to make sure that we're out here plainly saying this, man. We don't like this losing shit either, man. It's not fun. It's not fun. It's not fun, man. I mean, football hasn't really been fun since 2017, you know, and and, and that's that's just real. And I also wanted to uh, point to something that you mentioned, Chuck. Let's look at Matt Rule. What do we know about Matt Rule? He always starts out slow wherever he starts out, 
and then it builds and gets better and better. And I think that Matt Rule is going to have that same trajectory for us. Now, about the quarterback. I understand that hesitancy. And listen, I understand that not everybody has maybe looked into Zach Wilson or Trey Lance, but I understand that. I don't want to just poo-poo those concerns away. You definitely don't want to draft a quarterback that, you know, you overdraft him because you need more, and then you end up stuck with him. I can tell you right now, for whatever you hold my opinion to mean, I genuinely don't believe that either Zach Wilson or Trey Lance are going to bust. Could I be wrong? Of course I could be wrong. But let's also point out that Patrick Sertain and Caleb Fairley and Micah Parsons and Panay Sewell None of those guys are sure bets either. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jeffrey Okuda was drafted with the third pick last year, and he hasn't done anything. I think for the he's Lions. getting groin surgery. I saw. Yeah, so he's been he's been injured, but you know, I mean, I don't know all the context around it. But no player is a guaranteed superstar. So what I would say is we can't let our fear dictate how we act towards building for the future. Because if there is a player there that checks every box, and you, have, and you believe in them, I, I think, let's add that that you believe in them, right? right? It's mm-hmm. not For just sure. checking every bo- bo- box, but if you are an organization and he checks every box and you believe in him, why wouldn't you? I think it's kind of like betting on a craps table or a roulette table. Is you can step up there and you can pe- play safe bets. You can. You know, you go play roulette and you bet black or red every time. Or you go and play craps and you bet the pass line or whatever it is, the don't pass field or I don't know what the... But, yes, the inherently, when you bet on one player in a quarterback, it is inherently more risky. You know what I mean? Like if a, if a linebacker fizzles out, and as a dud, he's still on the team, maybe. Right? I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. you could maybe argue that Shaq Thompson fizzled out or is a dud. I would say, you know, I'm not trying to say a dud, but it's like a less. The gamble is you're putting less money in and you're risking less at the same time. So yeah, if the quarterback doesn't work, it you feel it, you see it, and it hurts. And, you know, is that, and if it does pay off, it pays off. The one thing I don't want you to, I, and I've said this too, is that I don't want us to be backed in or forced in. Dave Gettleman used to say this as we use free agency to set up the draft. And maybe that's the brilliance in, maybe there is some brilliance in the Teddy Bridgewater pick is that it doesn't force you this year to have to. You like, I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you have a body that is somewhat competent and capable at this moment. So, if the quarterback is there, you can get him. If he's not there, you don't have to get him. So, that, and then maybe, then you can chime in, Cody, and say, I guess, like, the theory is, is like, how do you recognize when the, the circumstances are on the precipice of success or failure enough to where, it's um, valuable enough to trade up, right? And then, yeah, like yeah. you know, that's then that's another layer to the discussion. 
There's a whole nother. I mean, listen, it, it gets very involved. You're scouting the players off the field. And, you know, are they are they studiers? Are they going to be the kind of players that are going to devote themselves to learning the playbook and getting better and being in control? I mean, there's a lot that goes into playing quarterback. It's the most important position in football. Um, and the, listen, I, I mean, a, a lot of uh, any player could bust, but one of the things that I've been really tough on is that a lot of these young quarterbacks are coming into the NFL more prepared than they ever have been. I mean, they've been doing quarterback competitions with NFL concepts since they've been, you know, uh, 13 years old. So Right, right. It, it, more they, in passing leagues, you know, for, for, for all their time. I would almost – I'd be interested in seeing this, is that we talk about how many first-round busts there are at quarterback, right? I mean, it's easy. Like, you know, it's kind of like an easy talking point for us. We – We've talked about, hey, how Deshaun Watson got drafted behind Trubisky. You know, I mean, these are – I wonder yeah. the the more nuanced discussion would be is, like, how many top tackles have busted out? And I tell yeah, you this, man. a ton. I know that – think about this. is Think about the cat that got traded from the guy that took the bonk hit with the mask on. That went from the Dolphins to... Yeah, Laramie Tunsil. All right, Laramie Tunsil. Think about the guy that uh, we in that draft, even if you think about that draft, was like the biggest tackle draft ever. It was Tunsil. It was... Um, a, a, the, remember the guy that fell to the Cowboys that got him in the extra draft because he... Um, was associated with a murder just because it yeah, was like yeah, yeah, steps. Yeah, uh, Lael Collins. Yeah, Leo Collins, and then you had the guy. I think he plays. I'm terrible with names, so I'm using you, Cody, to f- filter this. Then there was a guy that was drafted by the Cardinals. There were all these people. There's like six names that were like these are first round talent. These are left tackle ready, and then not a single now nut of one of those bitches worked out either. Yeah. You're absolutely right, though. I mean, you know, it goes back to what Cody's saying. There, there's no guarantee about any player. I watched Marcus Russell throw a ball 70 yards on it on one knee and thought he was the going to be the greatest quarterback that ever played the game. And I guarantee you, a lot of people probably don't even remember who Marcus Russell is. Like, it just happens like that. You, it's, you know, like Cody says, you got to take a chance. Uh, if you it. don't um, know who Jamarcus Russell is, folks, he's also the guy that walked around parties with a backpack full of NyQuil. Yes. I think he poured NyQuil into a camel pack and just walked around sipping scissor all night long. That's what he said. Like, this mug was crunk on NyQuil all day. Um, And guess who else probably could use a muscle relaxer? It's our friend, CK. Hey, how's it going? What's up, hey, CK? there's that boy. How you doing? Hey, living the dream, man. Living the dream. Well, 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 welcome to the show. And Did I miss anything good? Yes. No. Every, yes and no. Um, great. Some great calls. Um, you missed this giant thumb of mine that I've smashed the thumbs up button so much. It got big. And Your wife second, happy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> tonight's show is What Hill Will You Die On? And we might as well ask this between calls. What is your hill? that you will die on right now when it comes to the Carolina Panthers. I know a little bit about what Cody would say. 
I think I know a little bit about Greg would say. But what would you say, CK? What hill would you or would you not die on as we see people crowd hills and retreat from hills right now in Panther Nation? Um, I think that the hill I... So the the thing is, I defend Marty Herney a lot, right? I'm not going to be upset if we get rid of him, right? It's not going to be this this thing that I'm super like mad about or anything like that. Um, the arguments I make is that what he does has not been replicated. So the hill that I'm dying on is keeping Marty Herney is not a guarantee of mediocrity. Honestly, with a new regime telling him what they want, uh, you know, and if we have the confidence in our coaches to relay the message and what they want, I'm confident Marty Herney has the ability to assess talent to get them what they need. Hence what happened this year, you know, within the draft. I think we were pretty happy about that. Um, so I will, I, my hill that I'm going to die on is I am not going to be overly upset if Marty Herney's gone, but I'm also going to be encouraged if he's still here. So I, I, I think there's the hill is not to fire Marty Herney or to keep him, but to say, listen, he's not the worst in the world. And honestly, he could be pretty good if you give him an opportunity with this regime. There's two you're people. Really on, that, you're, not really, you're not really on a hill. You're you more on yeah. a mound. I'm on you're a mountain. On a I'm not on. I'm not on the hill like I was with Ron Rivera being fired. Right. Um, He's more of a bulwark I, I, on a hill. Yeah. I, the reason I wanted to do that because the easy answer is to be on the hill that Teddy Bridgewater is not going to be the quarterback next year. Right. And you know our, our boy from Sports Illustrated, Jason. He he made a tweet. He said, "I think the regular national media is starting to realize that as well." And you're seeing it. If you read the NFL rankings, like power rankings, they said. It's uncertain. It, like, this is the first week, I think, that you're starting to see this switch from, oh, Bridgewater is doing a fantastic job out there in Carolina. They just don't have these pieces or that piece or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and to, well, we're not sure what we have with Teddy Bridgewater. He has been hot and cold. And honestly, I don't think he's been hot. I think he's just been lukewarm. He's been right? the same. And what does this tell us about the media, folks? I really want, maybe this is where we should pivot our discussion. Maybe this is my hill to die upon, upon how small, how us really watching closely, A, being involved. Like, we don't, we don't first, there's no monetary gain in the C3 Panthers podcast, right? There, I mean, it's not, it's not anything that's noteworthy. Second, I've never taken a paycheck from C3, if that's what you're asking. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Second, we have no limits to the style in our discussion, right? Is there's nobody yeah. since we don't get paid, we don't have advertised, we don't have this, this we just do what we want to do. Mm-hmm. And it kind of shows you how influenced even media is by paycheck, by what's easy. And to me, the fact is, is that now the media is just simply saying things that were apparent kind of the whole time, but they're, they weren't fashionable to say at the moment. No, you, because Teddy Bridgewater was still rolling off of the, the high that he gave the uh, media when he won those five games with new Orleans, mm-hmm. like because he was with new Orleans and he is this feel good story. The media up until this point was all just unicorns and rainbows. Like, Oh, he's got the greatest uh, completion rating, all these things. And then now that it's really not converting, like, you're looking, we have uh, most likely, you know, with Chase Young, I think very close on his heels, the defensive rookie of the year. You know, we have all these moves that are making our, our defense is getting better. As bad as it is, it's getting better. 
There is no more excuse. We have one of the best receiving cores, and everybody in the league has noticed that. You know, we have one of the best, even without Christian McCaffrey in the backfield, our run game has not been hurt as much. Granted, again, we saw what it means to have Christian McCaffrey in the lineup when we faced the Kansas City Chiefs. But, you know, now the, the blame can only go one way. Like, in that's the part that I'm going to put into it is that you got to look at this team and realize the common denominator here that hasn't been exceptional is Teddy Bridgewater. Is there irritation though, guys, though, when I, and there's a certain irritation to me when I hear those storylines of, well, like leads and passing percentage, this and that, you know, like you heard it for so long, but then you even had the, well, Teddy is doing this and we, all right, give you an example, both Scott Fowler, who always hated Cam Newton, always, he's always been a shithead to Cam Newton, and David Newton, who's just a moron opportunist. I don't know if he's more moronic or more moronic opportunist. He's a moron, though. At the same time, these guys will take at any... Like, all of a sudden, they cuddle up to this story. But, boy, do they throw that story overboard quickly. And mm-hmm. I would say we've seen Panther fans... Like Cody said, what did you say? A reorientation of the discussion, a shift, right, Cody? Oh, yeah, Is man. that, There's like, we a, see, a mug, we got five on it, my, people tagging mugs on his birthday, saying it's your best, I'm your biggest fan, to you a bum. Boy, yeah, how man. the wind shifts. Everything have- changed, everything changed, man. Uh. I have a question. CK, I 100% agree with you with, with what you're saying with Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, everything you put out there. What I want to know is if we end up not drafting a quarterback and we go with Teddy Bridgewater next year, how long is it before we start to give the coaching staff some of the blame? Because they're, they're the ones who are putting the players out there. I think There's that if we don't draft a quarterback, what, I think what, the coach is blame immediately. If we continue this way next year. Like we we keep Teddy Bridgewater and we win five or six games, or we we start to we start the season out the way we did. Well, like what is your timetable for starting to shift some of the blame to the coaching for not making adjustments, not changing, not recognizing the talent? If there isn't a improvement from this year next year, then mm-hmm. we can blame the like we can't sit here and say we need to fire uh, Matt Rule at that point in time. Right, right, fire, yeah. but, but you know from what we've expected and what Matt Rule has has given us an expectation of is you know hey listen we're dealing with much better athletes than what I had to deal with at Temple and Baylor, right? So the rebuild aspect of this is not going to take as long. And honestly, I don't think it's going to take any time. And I think they approach the offseason that way. You see the team built the way that Matt Rule wanted it built. And now next year, now that he's had a full year of understanding what this is going to be, he'll have his own offseason. So you can't even use COVID as an excuse at that point in time, hopefully. Hopefully. Um, You know, all of these things, if, if there is not an improvement next year from where we're at now, then I think you have, you have to, you know, point some fingers at the coaching staff, because in my opinion, and I think Cody may disagree on this. If we don't draft a quarterback and in the, in the first round, that's not a decision, Matt, you know, Marty Herney made. That's the decision that the coaching staff made. Hmm. Interesting. The blame needs to be on everyone. Oh, absolutely. Every, every single person, if there is a single soul on that team who is paid by David Tepper to do anything with the Panthers, 
believes that Teddy Bridgewater is the answer going forward, they don't deserve their fucking job. It's that simple to me. It's that simple, and that's how strong I feel about it. Well, here's the thing: is that but you have to let's let's delineate, delineate, delineate between the difference of believing Teddy is the answer and not drafting a quarterback. You could not draft a quarterback. You can sign and somebody, still, or but, or, you but know, you, you can, can just even, still believe it's not the time. But how much better do we reasonably expect this team to be no, without? A I understand new that. I understand that, and that's a fair question. I'm just saying this is that if the guy isn't there and you don't draft him, right? You and you yeah. say we got to tough it out with Teddy. Like he can go up there and say we're going to tough it out with Teddy and not say those words and not believe he's the answer. You yeah. can do both I, can be true is like you like like you say is that just if, if we don't draft a quarterback does not only and entirely mean that we believe and endorse that Teddy is the future. But yeah. unless you have a plan in the future, not to, like if if you're going to say Teddy's not the answer, if you're going to believe that, then not drafting a quarterback when you have the chance to is completely incorrect. I'm not because saying if it, the chance yeah, but, is there. Like, I mean, if the chance is there and you don't do it, that's a different story. But if yeah, the chance I, I passes, kind of like it did in this past draft, yeah. Tua but and I, just and Trevor Lawrence, not Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert were both. They, if any one of those guys would have showed up and the Panthers had a pick they would have reasonably drafted that person. If they didn't draft them, then they said it's not the time. Yeah. It's not true, but like if they're not there, it's not like you force the issue with somebody else. But that's that's where I think Cody would disagree. Cody is going to, you know, I, if I based on the past shows we've had, Cody would probably say, if we don't draft a quarterback, if there is not a quarterback available when we draft, then it's still on our coaching and our GM and our, and our ownership for not making an attempt to trade up, you know, and get the quarterback of the future and, you know, do any type of give up something to be able to get. But that how person do you know what year there. that is to do that? And arguably we've seen two look pretty good, but are I mean, you saying that we did, did like he was worthy? Cody, would you, and after watching him for eight games, and now even Miami considering potentially to pick a quarterback still. Like there's crazy talk about that. I don't know how they would. Like they've fallen out of contention so much. But the Houston pick. I mean, trading up for them, um should we have traded up for Tua? I don't think that that would have been right either. No, I think that that would have been something we we would have been vilified for, and that was a question for Cody. My bad. We would have been vilified for it, but dude, uh, listen, I don't care if I differ from a lot of other people. I maintain that if we would have drafted Justin Herbert, just like everyone would have hated it when it happened. No, we like that. What about Tua, though? What if we would have traded up over Herbert and traded up for Tua? What would you have felt now? In retrospect, in retrospect. In retrospect, I mean, I don't know. At the time, I really liked Tua. Wouldn't you have rather been in this draft looking for Zach Wilson or whatever than Tua? Yeah, I think think, uh, Zach Wilson has a higher ceiling than Tua just because he has much better physical talent than Tua 6'3", has a much better arm and is far more mobile. And, uh, you know, I don't... 
I, I don't believe there's a real bad injury uh, concern with Zach. At least not like uh, not like Tua had. Yeah, right. So, yeah, I mean, he checks more boxes uh, right away. Now, Tua was in a better conference on a better football team against yeah. a better competition. I was big time Tua. I wanted Tua, but when I look I know, at I him now, he looks good. I think he can succeed. I don't think he's going to be a failure. But I do think that, like, he has some limitations physically. And a kind of, uh, I'm trying to think of somebody else that I, um, I think Baker Mayfield's a little bit like this. It's like, I'm not saying Baker Mayfield can't be good. It's just, I think he's got some limitations on, like, his, like, how high he could be. Like, it's like in the most perfect world, what could it be? And that, and I'm Baker starting Mayfield to wonder that with two, Tua. Yeah. Well, also with Baker Mayfield, that offense. If y'all watch the Browns, it's not built off of it's the right. Baker Mayfield having to make plays. Yeah. They're going to run the football down your throat with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, mm-hmm. and they're going to ask uh, Baker Mayfield to make a select few throws on timing and in rhythm. I mean, they're not it, Baker Mayfield was not worth the number one pick in the draft. In my opinion, I think he's going to have an Andy Dalton type career where he's going to be a good quarterback that can take a team to to 10 wins into the playoffs, but probably never win at all. Probably. I mean, yeah, it it, it depends. I mean, he's probably, I'd put him in that same tier as like a a Kirk Cousins, you know? Right. Uh, Yeah. 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 Yeah, Something something like that. Where if, if you put a good football team around him, yeah, he'll take you a, a, a decent way, but he's not he's not going to win you the football game and shoulder the football team. But my point, I mean? and I guess the kind of point I'm getting to is then, is that, like, yes, that might be a franchise quarterback in that they are, you believe in them and you give them every opportunity. But that is that really much different than Teddy? Like, you kind of almost need to have a guy that's his floor is as good as Baker and his ceiling is as good as Aaron Rodgers. That's what you're hoping for, right? Especially in your top five pick. You don't want to draft a quarterback at the fifth pick and him have a ceiling that is Alex Smith. You got to remember, Tony, every quarterback needs help and needs weapons. I mean, like, like, so, so. I mean, but you, there's you a have clear a- difference between Aaron Rodgers and a Baker Mayfield. Like they're in different classes. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. That's like they're yeah, just in. A, they're both going around very often. And I don't think anybody who when the Aaron Rodgers was what? drafted thought that this is what he was going to be. Yeah, nobody he was supposed was, to be the. Nobody set. thought that was what Tom Brady was going to be. Nobody thought that was what Drew Brees was going to be. Like, I mean, Drew I would Brees say Aaron Rodgers theoretically checks more boxes than any of those other guys. The other guys just happen to win a lot. Yeah, Drew Brees was drafted high in an effort. Like they thought he was going to be a, uh, you know, he had the talent and everything. Okay. Um, uh, and Aaron Rodgers was a first round pick too, I think. Right? He was. He was supposed to be a, a top three pick, and it was Alex Smith went number one, and they thought that Aaron Rodgers was going to go number two, and then that's when you know Aaron Rodgers is the reason people don't go to the draft anymore. Because he yeah. was supposed to be walking on the stage 
in the first five picks and this mug had to sit in the green room for four hours and he got picked like 23rd or something 22nd yeah. by the Packers who already had a quarterback I'm just did you ever see the YouTube video did you ever see the YouTube video that NFL Network put about put out on that it was like a little mini documentary about it it was really interesting because they at that time they didn't have the uh the the CBA so if you drafted a quarterback, even with your first round pick, like you're negotiating quarterback money. Yeah, so that was when Sam Bradford that, yeah. got $50 million. Right. Guaranteed. So all these other teams, like normally now in, in today's world, if Aaron Rodgers had fallen, even if they had a, a quarterback in place, you know, oh, whatever, I'm going to draft him just because he's a cheap rookie quarterback. Then it wasn't like that. You had to right. pay quarterback money. So all these teams were like, nah, I'm good until yeah. it fell to him. Well, I think but, another um, thing, and I tell you, is uh, I know that it's not great for the players in some cases, but I do think it's kind of good for football. And that is it kind of sucked when Sam Bradford walked into the team and, and didn't play a single snap, and he was the highest-played player on the whole team. And I know he plays the most important position, this and that. But he had, you had five-year pro bowlers on that team. You know what I'm saying? Like, you yeah. have guys that are badass, and their sacrifices, their their salaries were getting just destroyed. So yeah. I think that was a good – it was good for football what they did with the set with this CBA. But I know it sucks when when football players look at a damn when you're a star football player and then you see a bum ass NBA player making ten times as much as money you. That's oh, the I know that's Did y'all hear Giannis just got paid like over two hundred million dollar? Yeah, but you can't hear that you got sixteen players on an NBA team. Maybe, maybe, maybe something. How many games do you play on an NBA team as well? I mean, you got to think about those things as well. I don't care. The NBA don't make as much money. Like I promise you, this is that the Carolina Panthers in sixteen games and eight home games make more money. Than the Dude. Charlotte like you Hornets, might be, do. But you got to dole it out over fifty-two players plus a practice. I don't squad. care. Gotta, I don't yeah, care. I think they it. still do it, and I'm telling you this is that I promise you that the NBA just the more money just goes to the players. Like they just get more of the pie. The could learn from the NBA. The NBA has run so much better than the NFL is. Oh my Except god, for the draft better. Except for the draft, I'll give you that. No, you know what is so I didn't like the I hate the lottery thing. And I hate the I hate the idea of a lottery being introduced to the NFL. But I did hear a point that made sense to me recently, and that was it's so easy to tank in the NBA. Yeah, and it's so easy to tank and it be enjoyable. Like you can win thirty games in a row by two. I mean, lose. 30 games by two points. Mm-hmm. You could yeah. be like, just miss this free throw, homie. You could just, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, like, there's a way where it's still entertaining and this and that, and you lose 30 games in a row. Like, it's a lot easier to tank and get to be the worst team. And all of a sudden, that one player makes such a big difference because it's 20% of your starting roster. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's almost it's like a, worth it, man. Dude, yeah, right, and it's follow, still worth it. I don't, yeah. I don't follow basketball at all. Like, I don't know shit about basketball, really. But from everything I've seen, that Lamelo Ball kid 
is looking pretty good for the Hornets. Like that dude, yeah. yeah, dude, he's doing like no look passes and shit. He can't shoot, like, though. Brother, I believe. He can't yeah, shoot. His older Hey, look! I'm telling you, dude. The, the NFL could could take notes from the NBA. Like the way their structure is set up, they have it where you have a max amount of money that a player can make. It's a max contract for this this much amount of money, this many years. Okay, but it's one hundred percent guaranteed. In order to right? qualify for that, you have to make the All Pro team, first team or second team, twice. I think. So you make that twice, you can qualify for – if we did that in the NFL, if we put every position on a cap and say, okay, the max that you can make at this position is $30 million a year, but you've got to make the Pro Bowl team two years in a row or be voted you know, all pro two years in a row to be able to get that contract, that would completely change the game up. I'm telling you, the NFL could take serious notes from the NBA and fix the way everything is in the NFL as far as contracts go, I believe. Oh, Trail One said he scored like 15 points last night. Good. He was 0 for 5 on his first night. A lot of I'm excited. I think he sounds like a good kid, even though his dad is, you know, a joke. But he, yeah. I, I think, in, like, if you're Charlotte Radio, you're begging to have his dad on the radio all the time. Like, I, he can come on this podcast, man. Come and on. Come but on, by the, but his, dude, forget what he said. But it's working. He had, he, had, he had two sons that were drafted top three in the NBA draft. He's doing something right. Well, and his sons his, are doing something right. He, well, I mean, he's part of that. He had he's had them sent across it, yeah, seas but. and this and that. But if if our president has taught us anything, there's value in being ridiculous. Sure, oh, sure. Right? Sure. And so, so, like, hey, what's his name? Lonzo. What's his name? Not Lonzo. Uh, Lamar Ball. Uh, Lamar, Lamar Ball has an open invitation on the C3 Panthers podcast. I don't care if he, if he, you think he's a clown he, or not. He, you know what? I'd love to talk to this motherfucker. I would. Yeah, he did. He played for the Panther on the practice Panther. Season. All right. Let's go to the next call. 252-228-5098. Uh, this is Chuck from Elizabeth City calling again. And like I was talking with the draft, I really do feel that, you know, we, we're really so close. I would love a top five pick. Um, we're definitely not getting one of the two quarterbacks. But uh, Zach Wilson might be the guy. We, we might end up having a guy who, who can come in and, and start day one. But I'm so scared we're going to pick a quarterback and we're going to keep treading water, guys, keep treading water. And we're going to pass up a a stud offensive tackle, a linebacker, or a shutdown corner. That is a fear of mine. Now, number two, thing I want to get to on Sunday's game, everybody talks about how bad our offensive line is. We've really lost a lot of good offensive line talent, and I hope we don't lose Taylor Moten. scares me. But the one thing I've noticed that guys play, they play hard. The four sacks that that Denver had against us Sunday, in my opinion, Two or three of those sacks were not on the offensive line. I know they had a stunt play where they did get to Teddy early. Yeah. But in my opinion, it was Teddy holding on to the ball. He can't throw the ball down the field. And since we're talking about Teddy, I'm finally on board with this. I'm tired of Teddy Ditchwater. The, the guy has a terrible demeanor. We went from having a coach who folded his arms and could not game plan to a coach who's involved in the game. But we had a quarterback who was energetic and carried the team. And maybe it was right to move on from Cam. It probably was. But now we've got a quarterback who doesn't take responsibility. His demeanor sucks. He is not the answer. 
and we wasted a lot of money on him. And I can understand where you guys want a guy like Zach Wilson or or um, uh, the kid from North Dakota State, Trey Lance. But I'm just so worried that we're going to get a pick that is not going to pan out to be the man. Um, but anyway, I just kind of wanted to, to stand up for the offensive line because as bad as they've been, I don't think they're the problem. Um, I think DJ they were terrible this past week. Though. The secondary did look terrible. I will say that they did, but I can't blame. It doesn't happen every week like that to them. Um, this Brian is the Burns first time. On that sack, uh, we would have got us off the field. They wouldn't have scored. And nobody's even talking about the punt return touchdown. Did you not see the blatant hold on the call? No yes. Yes, the kid got held. Yes. The worst uh, of people calling the game. I think mm-hmm. it was James Lofton or the other guy who was commentating that actually said that the running back we now have, the guy we got from Chicago, who's done a great job, and I can't think of his name right now, but we had a tough decision at the end of the year because we – we were going to um, have to decide if we were going to pay. Well, the truth of the matter is the guy's a free agent. We're not going to keep him. We'll just have to pull him Mike Davis. else. Who he'll yeah, yeah, he's not. He's going to get paid somewhere else. Yeah, and he's, you know what? You know who could use Mike Davis right now is Tampa. Yeah. They could certainly use him. Um, I, I think this is that don't worry about don't worry about picking it and it not being right. That can happen at any pick at any time. And it can happen in yeah. the third round with Will Greer. It can happen in the second round with Kyle. Uh, I mean, uh, Greg Little. It can happen in the first round with Vernon Butler. Yeah. So I mean, it really yeah. can, and it and it will happen. It happens. You know. And can we missing happens in this in this system with this? This is one of the most quarterback friendly systems you're ever going to be in, right? It's about getting the ball out fast, and then you know. Hopefully the occasional deep shot if we can get somebody who has an arm. Um, you know, so it is too many people have fizzled out of the NFL, and I feel like they should have been better had they been on a better team. Right. Yep. And, Amen. Yeah. And and too many quarterbacks have gone to bad teams and you know, they're expected to turn it around. But in all reality, it's hard to do that if you don't have the talent around you. You don't have a coach that's gonna be making sure you're you're in the best position to succeed. And you're slightly in over your head at the time. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're you're basically drafted to be the face of a franchise immediately out of college. I mean, who's ever who really succeeds in that type of a environment in a bad situation ninety percent of the time? It's not something that happens very often. Right. Well, I think often. they even mentioned it in the and interestingly, I think they mentioned it in the the commentary. Who was it? Uh, Lofton. Who's the the color commentator? Which someone in the Google, in the YouTube chat, not chat, but the comments said I said colored commentator in the last. <laughs> if I said that, I didn't mean to say that. The color commentator, who was a former <laughs> Hall of Famer, he even mentioned this about Mike Davis, and that was this guy was on the verge of not being in the league. You know, I mean, like, he had bounced around from teams. He just wasn't going to get the opportunity. It didn't seem like. It's like when talent meets opportunity is very important. And if anything, the maybe the biggest weakness of the NFL and why we're kind of all secretly rooting for XFLs and AFFs and things like this is that 
there's so much pressure on each play and it's like either you are expected to be great and you are or you aren't or you're not expected to be great and we don't give you a chance yeah it's mm-hmm. so hard to cut even think about with practice guys even in practice um even if they you could be good, this is why the coaches are lying when they say they know what they got in a guy. No, they don't get they have two hours to work with these mugs on Thursday. You think they're giving Will Greer snaps with anybody? No, mm-hmm. they're asking Will Greer to go get water. They don't know. I mean, like, and that's the thing of all that's why we always root for the practice squad guy. That's why we root for a Demir Bird. That type of player, in my mind, where I have, is that they get no chance but one chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's it. And it's like, oh, well, you your don't... number's called. If you're not a superstar, you out. Yeah, and you know, it, it, it's from the top to the bottom with players. It all depends on where you're drafted, like y'all were saying. It, if, I, I can guarantee you can pick different places for different players if they were drafted. They'd be either less successful or more successful. Like, just for instance, imagine Cam Newton getting drafted by Dallas, being behind that offensive line and having DeMarco oh. Murray and Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. You know, I Jeff still think Bryan Dallas is going to – I think Cam's I mean, going to be with the 49 Cam Newton next year. would have four group bowls by now. You know? Yeah, for so, sure. I mean, it all depends on where you go, man. It's all the luck of the draw. It's 100%. Like, it, it, it's it's why uh, what's his it name? Doesn't it doesn't all depend, yeah. but it does help. Like it matters. Yeah, Let's put it's it that more way. important than yeah. people at large give credit for. Yeah, I mean, look, Sam Darnold. Everyone had Absolutely. him as a top-rated quarterback, mm-hmm. and then he goes to New York, which is a terrible situation, which has a bunch of coaching turnover and a bad coach. It, you know, it, it's there are so many, only so many things you can overcome. Right. What I about mean, this? Can Dwayne we use an example been... that we've already talked about in that Alex Smith went number one to a terrible 49ers team at the time, and Aaron Rodgers went in the 20s or whatever he went, and he went and sat great. behind Brett Favre. And then, yeah. so imagine what, what, what would the trajectory of Aaron Rodgers' career, not saying he would be a bum or a bust, but would it be as equally as great if he would have been – Given the forty nine, if it had been reversed, exactly, you, you'll you'll never know. Mm. Butterfly kind of effect. Let's write a. Yep. You know what? I need uh, C three listeners to start writing fan fiction about what could have been. Or uh, <laughs> the number is two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Don't make Four. it sexy. How are y'all yeah. doing? Yeah. What's up, G? Again. Hey man, oh. I was looking on Facebook. Hey, uh, tell me, I think I think uh, Greg was pacing out. You good? Oh, oh, oh you out, Dre? You got to go? Yep, he's yeah, got to go to work. Man. I, yeah, post office, man. We're working hard right now. I got to be up at five to go to work. So I'm going to get out of here. God you bless you. Uh, I don't like Teddy. I don't like Matt Rule. Uh, go Panthers. Keep pounding. Let's draft Zach Wilson. And, Frontline uh, worker yeah. right there. Frontline yeah. worker. Thank you, brother. Uh, making Amazon Amazon a billion-dollar corporation. We appreciate it. Right. Or say, I don't get punched by anybody. I try not to. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> Punch Later. them. Don't Later. get punched. Later, bro. All right, G, what you guys say? If I play, play. Podcast brothers, how y'all doing? What's up, G? G? again. Hey, man, I was just looking on Facebook, and they are saying that David Tepper is going to make a decision on to keep Herney. And, Cody, I agree with you, man. It's time for Herney to go. 
I know you guys got a little debate about that shit, and people called in and was coming at you and everything. Uh, I'm with Cody on this, you guys. It's time for Herney to leave. And do not get me wrong. That dude hits in the first round. That son of a bitch hits in the first round. I will give him that. But when it comes to contract signings and stuff like that, he overpays people too much damn money, and they don't produce. Right. They don't. And I agree with you, what you guys were talking about last week about Bucky Brooks. Yes, I wouldn't mind him being a GM at all, man, because he was a scout and everything like that. Yep. I know about Dan Morgan. I mean, that that would be cool and everything like that. But Bucky yeah, Brooks, a better fucking story. And I think. he's a fellow Tar Heel because I'm a Tar Heel fan. You know, go and Hill, former Panther. Cody, I know you're a Clemson fan. You know, I think he scouted for the Panthers. I can see, see Bucky Brooks pulling some strings, man. But Harney has to go because they're saying his contract is up this year or some shit like this or next year or some shit like that, whatever. But Tepper has to make a decision. And the way they handle Cam Newton, I see some changes coming on in this offseason. I really, really, really do, y'all. So give me your opinion on that. Would you take Bucky Brooks or would you go with somebody else? Always remember, y'all, keep pounding. Keep pounding. Um, So... I, yes. The, the more we talk about Marty Herney, like I said, I, I wouldn't be upset if he's fired. I think fired, or well, obviously contract is expired, so I don't think fired will be it. I wouldn't be upset if we rehired him as a consultant. Right? Um, you know, somebody to come in to offer their perspective on the draft, maybe be a head, a head of the scouts or something like that. Um, you know, I would be okay with something like that and then having somebody else be the decision maker on making the you know pulling the trigger on which people to draft and whatnot. I I value Herney's um you know Herney's abilities too highly to let him go because I think that you know it, it's it's just the proof is in the pudding. I mean it's no other GMs had his track record on first round draft picks, right? Plenty of others have had his uh his uh his track record on the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth round draft picks, but nobody's ever had his his track record on the for track record on the first round. CK, um, remind me next Tuesday. I'm gonna compile a list that proves you wrong. Because to say that no one else has ever had his track, you gotta make the list, or else you. I'm gonna have to, man. Because you bring like, the list. Because okay, I, I I hear you say that, CK, and yeah, I don't have a name that jumps to the top of my head I'm that well, I can I say one. that I can say. Oh yeah, look, this guy was way better. But I'm I'm telling you, that I'm way better is we can make a list of people that had ten first round draft picks and only two hit, right? right I mean, but CK that's is a making it sound like the CK is making it sound like there is just no better drafter of first round talent than Marty I mean, Hurry, and the, I just beg to differ. the The reality is there. I mean, every star player that we have ever had has been a first round draft pick from Marty Herney. I mean, it's just the reality of it. Here, like, let I me mean, give you this. Let me give you a quote. This is Jordan Gross, who, by the way, was drafted by, by Marty. Marty Herney and works with the Panthers. I'm pretty sure it's Gross that said this. Hold on. I just saw the quote. I got the, the article that is up right now on The Athletic, Marty Herney's future at Carolina, colon, will David Tepper extend GM contract? And the quote says this. Four head coaches, two CBA deals, two owners. He's picked the hell out of some first-round draft picks, Gross said. 
He picked everyone that's on Mount Rushmore with him. He groomed one of the best GMs in the league in Brandon Bean. That's offensive tackle, former legend Jordan Gross talking about it. And so I think part of it has to just ultimately be like this, is that there are some accomplishments for Marty Herney, but the number one misaccomplishment or unaccomplishment, failure, right? Isn't that the opposite of accomplishment, failure, is ultimately is that the team has not won. Yeah. Uh, And that is, yeah. yeah, I mean, if you look at the record that he's had as a GM, He's sub 500. Yeah. Uh, Sunday's loss, quote, uh, according to person to Denver, assured the Panthers would finish with their 16th losing season in 26 years. Uh, So he's not been super successful at the same time. He's not even been really successful at the same time. Like that is, he has two main accomplishments. His ability to work with diverse people. From Jerry Richardson to David Tepper, you can't think of different peoples. And then, um, to pick a couple of awesome first rounders, but some of them, and I, I like what Cody does say on the first round thing is, I mean, Julius Peppers, come on, bro. Yeah, of course you picked that guy. Of I know, but there's plenty of people so who picked that same guy. How many times have people picked that exact same person and they've been a bust? But also, I know, it's, but it, you it, just it, do, you got to do it too at the same time. Exactly. But what True, I'm saying but, is he's pulling the trigger on the guys that have been impactful to this team more so than, than many other people. And I, I like I said, I'm not going to defend his downfalls. Like, it's not 100%. I mean, we are a sub 500 team with him having taken the helm as a GM. We are. You know, not the greatest when it comes to contract negotiations and in in positions that are maybe undervalued uh, or or more replaceable, like a running back, as Cody would say. Um, I mean, those are all absolute weaknesses. But I have yet to see a GM who is a hundred percent on everything, right? And so when you have the like, there's a scale of Marty Herney. Marty Herney's scale is not like everything's down here, right? There's weaknesses, but there's also these positives. And every other GM, there might be a more balanced one but they're not going to have the same level of, of quality here that Marty Herney has. And, so I'm just and who was, when did, I guess we may have had a court. Did we have a quarterback in 2002? Would that have been the guy that um, went to New York and did well, used um, the word, the N-word in the locker room and got in a fight with, who was it? Um, starts with a C. Uh, Allen Snow. Um, who was that guy's? Who was our quarterback? The Panthers, two thousand two quarterback. Because this is an interesting. If we, yeah. Uh, oh no, we had Chris Winkie. Yes, which was terrible. I knew he was gonna be a bum from the beginning. He was thirty years old or twenty eight years old when he got drafted. It felt like. But here's interesting, Cody. And we did. We picked a first-round quarterback the year before. So we kind of went in with what we thought was going to be the franchise quarterback. We got the Heisman pick. You could I could have told you back then it wasn't going to work. But uh, the next yeah. year we picked Julius Peppers. Interestingly, the Detroit Lions, the third pick in that draft. David Carr went first. 
And he was very good for Houston until they just let him get sacked 78,000 yeah. times. But uh, Joey Her- Sandwich, Julius Peppers is sandwiched between David Carr and Joey Harrington. So, you know, I mean, there's a fine line between trying to get that franchise quarterback and uh, getting a bum and missing on Julius Peppers. Yeah. I just maintain all those things that he does well, those aren't little, or all the things that he does wrong are not little things. They're very no, major flaws. Oh, They're very oh, major, right, major yeah. accomplishments. But, but, and on top of that, to say that we're not going to be able to get <laughs> Uh, 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 another general manager that can't make good first round picks. Like, that's the crux of my argument. There isn't anything that Marty Herney does that isn't, re- that isn't replaceable. All right, let's go to the so next call. Marty Herney let's go to the next can call. Be not replaceable. Like, that's possible to not be replaceable. Like, that's mm-hmm. the thing is, you, you've got to take the good with the bad, Cody. We're not going to get a GM that comes in here first day and makes this, this a winning franchise. And and we 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 made the decision to go with Tepper to get us out of a cap hell, and then we got rid of him because of things, the way he's telling. Yeah. yeah, what did I say? You Tepper, said my bad. Tepper. Yeah, they they remind me of the same person, honestly. Um, but you know, I I just think that there's a fine line. I'm okay with, like I said, I'm I'm not on the hill of saying we if we fire Marty Herney, you know, I'm going to be all upset. I'm going to be worried that we're going to go backwards. Because a new GM that's never had the experience to be a GM who's only been behind somebody who's actually making the decisions is a risk. And it's always going to be a risk. You can talk about Dan Morgan all you want. He's in the, he's in these in this franchise, but he's not made the decision. He's behind somebody else making that decision. And so that's what I'm talking about is you you're, you're right. There are there you might get somebody to come in here and get those first round picks every time. But you could also get somebody who makes a just some of the dumbest first round picks like the Jets or the, or, or not the Jets, but the Giants. You know, uh, I, I just think you've got to take the, 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 with a grain of salt. I mean, is, is it worth that risk in your mind to, to fire Marty Herney and then risk going backwards by five or six years because we don't get a GM? Yes, because you realize that the same conversation that we're having about the general manager is literally the same conversation that we're having about the quarterback. Different because, No, no, it's not different at all because yeah. what we're saying is, is that if you're going to take a chance on a quarterback, that guy could bust and you're going to be up a creek for the next five years with a busted-ass quarterback. Yeah. Well, well, so, so then some people are like, well, since he might bust – we shouldn't even try. Go to a different position first. My, it's the same thing with the general manager. If you're just going to assume, well, okay, we might hire a guy, and he isn't even half of what Herney is, and then that tanks us. Like you have to trust your vetting process. If if we're going to trust that we're going to bring in someone new and dynamic with a fresh pair of eyes, once they pass that test, then yeah, you hire them. There is risk involved in all of it. Absolutely. What I'm saying is the risk out, the the risk out. It's it, it's worth it because the chances of us busting on a, on a GM, I feel nowadays is less likely than right, let's than go it ever the, had. Let's go to the next call, guys. And for this is Jay Anderson again. Just um continue, but like I said, man, you you got the Vikings. You know the Vikings. Oh, G- I missed his first call. Here's first what's going call. on C3 Nation. It's your boy Jay Anderson and y'all up, man. Hope y'all being safe and everything. Um, listen to y'all, listen to the podcast on Sunday, man. Um, talking about Marnie Herney. One thing I 
give credit to is Monty Herney is a good first round draft pick GM. But that's the only thing he is. You know, granted, he probably is one of the best in picking in the first round, other than three of those years where he picked Jeff O. I heard, you know, some people say because of injury he didn't pan out. Um, no. Around anyway, and then right? we didn't have those yeah. two draft picks that next year that we traded for, you know, those two draft picks two on uh, 2010 and 2009. But the thing is, uh, you know, I could say Ozzy Newsom was a good first round draft pick, probably like four of those years. He didn't have so not so good. You can say the, um, Kevin Colbert from, um, from the Steelers had, you know, can match Marty Herney too. Um, I would say, um, somebody like Mickey, you know, the guy from the Saints, you know, he can draft in the first round real well. He probably had like, you know, two or three stumps on the way. But at the same time, man, it's like, that's cool. You can draft in the first round, but when you have so many, when you have so many picks, so many draft picks, you want to every year, you want to at least hit like three, three out of four. With those picks. Hey, can I, and I'm going to pause the call for one second just to bring this up, is that it's possible that, like, I mean, Marty Herney, I mean, you could theoretically keep him involved. If if you, if we That's believe he's so important to first-round picks, which I don't think he is, and I do think he is, I think he, I think there's a lot of, I, I mean, most importantly, he's picked linebackers like crazy in the first round. It's just been amazing. At times, you just didn't know it should have been. And Luke Keekley is the greatest example. And if people, it's hard for people to remember. We had John Beeson, who was a beast. It was Thomas Davis that was struggling with injuries. And then John Beeson started to get nicked up. We didn't know it was going to be as long-term as it turned out or habitual as it turned out to be. And they're already putting in work with Luke Keekley. I mean, it was, it was just a lot of smart. There's some cool things going on at linebacker and this and that. But, like, hey, is that I almost want to make you a contract worker for a day. Yeah. If that's well, – I mean, You know what I'm what saying? It's like, like advisor. Make him the head scout. Make yeah. him the head scout. Like, yeah, I'm and, okay with that. Honestly, he might be all right with being somebody who's even further behind the scenes than he like than he is now. I mean, honestly, that may be a great way to kind of just round out your career without having the you know shame and embarrassment fired. of being fired yeah. or this and yeah. that. I mean, is and that David, he doesn't seem Tepper, like his ego is too big either. And I think David, David Tepper has, really respects Marty Herney. Like, I mean, let's be honest. Uh, if if David Tepper didn't respect what Marty Herney did. And if he didn't see value in what Marty Hurdy does for this organization, he would have fired him for, right, with, Mar- with with Ron Rivera. There wouldn't have been a question about it. He's I don't think you really have to worry, Cody, though, about Marty Herney being the GM think, going forward. I don't think yeah. that he's going to live out this contract. I think it's how he lives out the contract, and that is – excuse me, let me rephrase. I think he'll live out his contract, but – I don't think that he'll be fired or promoted. You think he'll be retired? Maybe retired. He might. You know, there there could be something to where it just says, "Look, is I've had a long run with the Carolina Panthers. I'm just 
tired. <laughs> and yes, and it's really like we weren't going to hire you back anyway. Yeah. You know, and I don't want. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not going to beat the drummers down this all night. I want to give at least four names that I think right now they might not have the same tenure as Marty Herney, so they don't go back a million years. But guys that I would pick as better first round general manager drafters today: uh, John Lynch of the 49ers, Brett Veach of the Kansas City Chiefs, Eric DaCosta of the Ravens. And Mickey Loomis of the Saints. Okay. So one of them is in our own division. And throw in uh, Kevin Colbert and Brandon Bean. All right, let's keep going with Jay Anderson's goal. And there are times when Marty Herney and the Panthers, they have like eight or ten picks, and they only get one right. Like the Carolina, like right. in 2011 when they got Cam and they had I know, eight that's picks, the but they only got draft. Cam, and that was it. Yeah. Like everybody like else was a judge. Like a we're not going to hit. Uh, I understand we're not going to hit the fifth, the sixth, and the seventh. Understand that they're just throwaways. But you need a GM that's going to hit. That's going at least hit the first three rounds, maybe yeah. a four. And if you pick up a gym that works, you know that you can coach up in the undrafted. That's cool. But also, I'm you know, fair. need a GM that's going that's going to make the right decision as far as pay is concerned. You know, keeping people, you know, AK, okay, we let this person go. We can let this running back go. We can, we got a backup that going to fill in this place and stuff like that. You can replace guys. I don't think Marty Herney has been doing, has been doing that greatly. Now, the Steelers, the Steelers, you could say the, um, you know, Bill Belichick, you know, the, you know, you can say lately the Saints have been doing a good Look, job. We got a part two that, to Jay you know? Anderson's call. I do want to point this out is um, sometimes it's so easy for us to talk about the failures of people in life. You know, it's easy for me when I'm grading a paper yeah, to talk about what's not good about it. What's interesting, I think, about uh, the Marty Herney story is I think he got into football through the media. I and I'm yeah. not 100% positive about this, but I feel like he worked in Washington with like the Washington Redskins media in the 90s or in that area and somehow infiltrated the executive branch of the NFL. So that's kind of interesting for people out there who are, you know, rethinking their careers during COVID. Joe Person, I don't think you're going to be GM of the Carolina Panthers then. <laughs> I have a question that I think is is pretty relevant. What would you say Ron Rivera's one of his biggest downfalls was? Mm, I would say an inability to adapt and adjust. What else? Uh, what is something else that we've criticized him, especially towards the latter part of his career? Uh, not playing younger players. So, how much of that is also on Ron Rivera from the 2011 and 2012 draft class that he didn't? actually play the younger players. Right. Like did those guys just fizzle out because the because nobody Ron gave him Rivera a chance? is a veteran guy. That's an interesting like, question. I mean that's I think I mean, Ron's like, big failure is believing in himself more than uh, like Yeah, believing he was right and without adapt like I said with yeah. Cody's first point, you know, not being willing to adapt because what you know if he's adapting that's admitting that he didn't have the right game plan to begin with. Right, right. right? And so I, I do agree. I think that there is a failure to adapt, but I think that, you know, it's, we could sit here and go, you know, what if all day, but 
you know, the same token, we also got to look at the coaching staff and realize that they had a big part of our, our failures in the second and third round back, you know, picks as well. And we got to really, we do have to say this is that, and maybe this won't be as satisfactory to Cody is to say that Marty Herney's the best GM the Panthers have ever had. I understand that is not necessarily the argument you want to hear, but Ron Rivera is the best coach the pa- in Panther history. Sure. To this yeah. point. And sure. and that doesn't mean well, that firing him was wrong either. <laughs> I'm not trying to say that is that like there is interest in, and it's a short history. You know, I mean, yeah, that's, had, like that, that's like a 17 year old saying her 15th birthday party was her favorite. Right. Yeah. right. So she's going to have more. But no, there's yeah, some like, I think that Rivera, first of all, he was not a head coach before, right? So he could have been a complete disaster. And many people, we thought he was for a little while. Not him, necessarily. Ron Rivera, like I said at the beginning of the show, like he fits certain situations. There's some good things to him. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's like, it's kind of like... um you know, I don't need uh, like I could bring in. So say, say you give me Kyle Shanahan or somebody else, and they're like a a restaurateur from New York, and they know how to, you know, freeze ice cream at whatever, and roast chicken at a billion degrees, and cook this what sous vide sous vide I think is with the bag where they boil the shit in the bag, and it's like supposed to be like they they might be the best cook. But if we're out in the woods and all we got is a couple of cinder blocks and a pig, <laughs> you know, we might need Ron Rivera. So, I mean, sometimes yeah. it's about situation and what the fit is. And I actually think he was a great fit for the football team oh, who is in disorder. He's a great, I think he was a great culture builder. Right. I think that's something that, um, you know, he, he's great at building up the organization. I just think his that his downfall has always been, and it's still you know very well can continue in Washington. He could be better at this than in Washington, but I feel like his his inability to move away from the same strategy he's employed for the same you know seven or eight years is was his downfall here. People learned him too easily. He may have adapted when he went to Redskins, and now he's got a new game plan. But in seven years, that's I don't think he has a new game plan. I think it's the exact plan. And I yeah. think they have been missing that entirely. They've just had a been yeah. uh, crazy land. It's like he's like this. Is our goal is to swim to the other side of the pool. Stop being a fool. Just swim there. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's a steady guy. And sometimes that steady guy is going to get you 12 wins. And sometimes it's going to get you six wins. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Next call. Hey, um. This is Jay Anderson again. Just um continue, but like I said, man, you you got the Vikings. You know the Vikings GM. He has done a nice job with his first round picks and stuff like that. Except you know, except with City Bridgewater and a couple of things. But he did a nice job, you know, with you know pick with picking free agents. You know the you know GMs that done a nice job picking free agents. You know picking deep in the draft, knowing the talent. And you know, you also you got and you're right. Also, you got to have coaches that going to help develop these talents and stuff like that. And I think that's all in the mix. You got to have a good GM. You got to have some scout, you know, scout a great scout team that recognizes these players. And you got to have coaches that going to coach these players up and stuff like that. And I think that's when you have that all in place. I think 
you will all you will have a long term successful franchise. You could say that the Baltimore Ravens had a, a long term successful franchise. You know, even they down year, they still had you know good pieces around it. They just need a couple more pieces to add to their good down year. You know, they'll probably have a good down year one or two years, but then they'll be back up. You know, the next three and stuff like that. Steelers have, you know, probably ever since 2000, they never had an extremely down year and stuff like that. They probably did have one, but they picked it up the next couple of years and stuff like that. So you got to have a GM that's going, you got to have a GM, you got to have a coach, and you got to have scout teams that, you know, all in those those places and stuff like that in order for the franchise to be better and um, for these players to be better. You're muted if you're saying something. It's so sorry. Thank you. It's uh so diff. It's difficult to quantify the value of any one of these people, but you kind of see when it's not there. It's kind of like um, you don't know what darkness is, light. You know, darkness is until light is gone. I don't know. what I'm trying to say is I just think it's Stefanski in the Browns is that like, is there's been so many people they put in there and with relatively similar talent, maybe not what they had here. It's just like these guys, finally they hit the fulcrum point of having enough talent where these guys said, I don't give a fuck what you got, what the history of the Browns is. We're used to winning homie. I'm Nick Chubb, which I still maintain. I was right on Nick Chubb being better than Sony Michelle. Uh, Do you remember me calling into the cat calls telling you that Nick Chubb was the real deal? I know. I'm a Georgia fan. Both of them are Georgia guys, and I felt like Sony Michelle was the celebrity of the moment. Nick Chubb was just a grand I man, he was good and he was he did all he's just like a uncelebrated talent. Anyway, next call. What's up? This is Jay Anderson again. I'm sorry to hit y'all up for the third time, but one thing, another thing I had to get off my mind is the whole, you know, I know everybody was talking about why you need a quarterback, why draft a quarterback. You got to draft pieces around Teddy Bridgewater to make things better. I know some guys from like Panther Nation podcast were saying like, you know, you build around Teddy and like they use an example as the Baltimore Ravens. And the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers back in 2002 saying that like, if you build a great defense, you just, you know, you know, you get, just get a quarterback that's just going to win you some. The thing is, is that those teams don't, didn't have a long-term quarterback, didn't have yeah. a long-term uh, franchise quarterback. Yeah, they won that just that one ring. So my thing is, is like, uh, do you want a long-term franchise winning, um, you know, franchise you know you want the franchise to win long term or you just want that one ring and just have some bullshit years because if you i mean if you look at the tampa bay buccaneers they haven't been up since then since that super bowl year and during that time they was exchanging quarterbacks throughout that whole tony that's how tony dungey got fired because he didn't have a quarterback yeah. And if and they, they were one quarterback Gruden, away, Gruden, Gruden well, basically they was one coach away because that coach coached um, Brad Johnson. But Brad Johnson was nothing. He was kind of like Teddy Bridgewater, you know, but he wasn't a franchise quarterback. 
better. So you got to have a franchise quarterback to have a, a, a long-term successful franchise years. I mean, we don't want to be just having – I mean, granted, we won a championship, but we just don't want to have a quarterback uh, quarterback that just win that one championship and we just have nothing. And yeah. stuff like that. It'll be, like, it'll like, just be bad. I will take a Super Bowl. I will take a Super Bowl. You want a long term, you want a um, franchise that can always compete and always contend for a championship. Get one, but always compete, you know, and contend too as well. I want, thanks, Jay Anderson, you man. Uh, I won a Super Bowl a ton. But the question I think that that raises at what cost? Like, imagine if you could trade, it's kind of like a deal with the devil. And, like, what if we could get this one Super Bowl and... Um, Never return. And then, yeah, and then the rest... It's like, you can bang this supermodel, but your dick will never work again. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know not, if I like that. that's the deal I'm looking for. So, I mean, wh- why does it have to be either or, right? And that is the Cody Lashney motto, is we can walk and chew gum. Both that's can be right. true. Like, we can have a champ. Imagine putting a Russell Wilson on that Baltimore team. Yeah, and also, let's let's just be real with this. Have y'all seen the Kansas City Chiefs? I like, know. Just be, they just, just they can't crazy. lose. It's a, dude, listen, I don't know if people, I mean, obviously we know this because it's such a good football team. But, dude, that's the standard now. Yeah, the the Chiefs are the favorite to win the Super Bowl again this year, like they did last year. They're going to be favored next year, and then you have to look. All right, did you have a quarterback that can do what Russell Wilson's doing, or come close, or what? Can we just look at this past week? Can we just look at this past week for what Kansas City did? Is that they played a team that is an underrated juggernaut? In the Miami Dolphins, right? The Miami Dolphins have a sick-ass defense. Their offense has been well enough, right? It's been productive enough that they get the ball in good situations. They score. They do some different things. Their special teams always does shit. They're kind of a complete team. They are many ways kind of the team you would want to build, that that team you want to build. But here's the deal is they played the Kansas City Chiefs. And they gave them everything, man. They yeah. won the turnover battle. They ultimate, and they were there. They had a chance to win. They did have a chance to win. But you're talking about Patrick Mahomes having the wor- like one of the worst games in his career. And guess what happens? It wasn't they enough. still it win. Wasn't. Yes, like it's what? it's it, and it. What was it? It was when uh, was it when uh, Las Vegas? You saw this when the uh, the Raiders played them, and they go up. And there's 58 seconds left, and the Chiefs got to score a touchdown. And guess what they do? Just let me ask you. But here's the thing. I mean, that almost plays right into that same argument that we're talking about, like trying to you know uh, avoid. And that is, Mahomes was drafted into a complete team. He was like that team was built. Kelsey Hill, the offensive line. You had a you know. But they're not uh, complete. They're not even – I don't think – I think they are. I do understand what you're saying is that they're a really good team. It's not just Mahomes, but it kind of is. 
But I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, he if came you stick Teddy yeah. Bridgewater on that team, oh, they absolutely. don't win against the Dolphins. No, 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 no. And I'm not going to take anything away from Mahomes. I haven't been the biggest fan of Mahomes. I still, he's like, in the early incredible, days. incredible, dude. But, I mean, it's it's clear that he's the real deal. Like, I was saying, like, he's just checked down. I mean, and if you watch it, he still does a lot of checkdowns. But he does nah, unload that Tyreek Hill. How so does Tyreek – and here, this is another thing. Is how is Tyreek Hill this fucking good, dude? Yeah. Because he's the fastest player in football, man. I don't care, seen- man. Is that like – I don't care if he's the fastest. It's something more. There is a greatness factor. There is a greatness gene because if it, if that's just all it is, then Curtis Samuel should be that. Ted Ginn should be – no. This motherfucker somehow – Scores four touchdowns a week. I don't he understand. Is, he is one of, if not the best. In my mind, Tyreek Hill and DeAndre Hopkins are the two best pure receivers. Fuck that. Devontae Adams Tyree is the Hill best. Is just so man. elusive. Adams Hill. is the best. Tyreek Hill is. Good, but dude, he's not DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, DeAndre yeah. Hopkins already passed his prime. <laughs> I don't know about that, man. Yeah, he is. He's not the deep, deep threat. And like, no, he never. Adam, was I would take team. Adams He's over Hopkins threat, really. today. Tyreek Hill is also, but listen, that that's a match. I'm not made saying in Hill. I'm saying Devontae. Isn't it Devontae Adams, the Green Bay Packers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's he's, the he's guy I think there. who's number one in the league. I think he's the best receiver. No. He's just got. He's most complete, dude. He's a possession. A he's a deep the ball to him. Sure, sure, he is, but he's also double covered all day. So is he's uh, better DeAndre than Michael Hopkins. Thomas. Let me just say this: he's better than Michael Thomas. I agree with that, and he is, I think, better than DeAndre Hopkins today. I don't know about that. Maybe man. not two that, years ago. Maybe not two that, years ago. I think Kyler Murray is good, but he is not Aaron Rodgers good, where he's getting this ball into these perfect spots every time he throws the damn ball. Like I think. I think comparing the two is tough because when DeAndre Hopkins had a quarterback like Deshaun Watson, who was getting the ball into tight windows, he was make, he was making people, and he's still doing the same thing. In uh, yeah, dude, look at, yeah, look at what DeAndre is doing this year for Arizona. Yeah, I mean, no, it's fine. Edge, it's dude. fine. Look, I got him on my fantasy team. It's good. It's very yeah. good. But I'm telling you, Adams is more of an impact player right now this year. He's in more impactful, yeah, I would agree. And maybe it's because Rodgers makes sure it happens. But like this this dude, when he's on the field, he's bet he is the man. But still, Tyreek Hill is the most electric of players. Like just I agree with that. Just simply like simple and plain is he's unstoppable and he should be. I can don't you think that there's already never been a a true better I mean, obviously, there's a long history in the NFL, but Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, that is a match made in heaven. The fastest wide receiver in the world with this fucking crazy-ass quarterback that can throw it just off his back foot 85 yards into the end zone. Like, dude, that's hard to deal with. And Hill's more than being fast, dude. Like, he goes up, he's got ups, he's got, like, he's got got agility. It's like all of these things. And he's so small, and it shouldn't be the case. He's what you want Curtis Samuel to be, bro. There was this one play, (laughs) and this illustrates everything Tyreek Hill is. is It was a a situation where I think it might have been a halftime. It might have been the end of the game. 
It was the Kansas City Chiefs against Dallas. And they got the ball off short to Tyreek Hill. He had at least seven defenders in front of him. He eluded every single one of them and got into the into the end zone. Dude, like, Mug had a rushing touchdown like the week before he had two hundred and sixty yards and three touchdowns receiving. This week he had like a receiving touch. I mean, it's unbelievable. His product to me is what's most surprising is not just not how good he is. It's just the continuous productivity. You usually yeah. see players like this happen, but how they do it for so long, it's so impressive, man. It's amazing. It's magical. And um, guess what? Don't expect it in Carolina and, anytime soon. Uh, Joey Esquivel, if he's still here, wants to hear his call. Well, we're going. Let's go. Here we go. Hey, C3. Uh, I was watching the Pat McAfee show, and the Denver Broncos whipped our ass so bad that Drew Locke earned a new nickname. They call him Horsecock Locke. That's when you know you got a shit secondary when <laughs> Drew Locke gets a nickname like Horsecock Locke. That's all I got to say. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm out. All right, next call. Hey, guys. Joey. Uh, you know, we're talking about Ron Rivera and stuff and how uh, if he wins Coach of the Year, uh, I mean, he would have never done it here again because he he's not a bad coach, but he did all he could do for us. So I agree. He he's literally doing what he did in his first years for us, as he is with Washington. Like that that's literally what he's doing. But and we're talking about when we fired Rivera. Should I still remember where I was? I was in Raleigh as a program. I'm not going to explain it to you because it would take like three cat calls. But I was at in Raleigh or something, and I had gone to the convenience store. I'm standing in line. I still remember what the lady looked like, too. Well, not look like, but you get it. Okay, I know you're probably going to go into that at the end of the show. But I knew, like, I still remember what she looked like. This lady had to be, had to be an old lady because, uh, Voice was like deeper than mine. Says something about Ron Rivera <laughs> getting fired, and my hearing sucks. I'm like, wait, what? And uh, she goes, yeah, they fired Ron Rivera, and I'm like, oh, I mean, they should have done that a while ago. But so when I get out of the store, I'm turning a corner. My dad calls me, and I'm thinking something bad happened because I was walking down the street. So I answer the phone, and he goes, yeah, you know they fired Rivera. And I'm like, holy shit. They did? <laughs> was that a story from last year? And I'm like, yeah, I got to go. I'm on the street. So I hung up and I went back to the place. See, yeah, that's what I was doing when I found out Ron Rivera got fired. I literally must have been. Uh, he lit a candle in the spot some, that he heard sausages. Ron Rivera I, getting fired up. Yeah, I used to <laughs> yeah. some pickled sausages and Coke and watch the C3 podcast. Each and year we light a candle. Care. Oh, and by the way, I'm getting on the fire Marty train. I'm not going on the hill because I want to sit next to Caroline Cam. Anyway. Wow, wow. Bro, you can <laughs> stand. I don't blame you, bro. You're, you don't need to sit beside Caroline Cam. You need to stand beside her because she's like six foot seven, bro. So you can stand straight up and be exactly where you need to be. And, and she's, she's not Caroline Cam anymore, guys. 
You know she smells. Well, her name is Caroline, right? Her name's Caroline, yeah, but she's no longer Caroline Cannon. Oh, she's yeah, married. she's married to somebody. Man, yeah. Oh, way, somebody else most, follows her on Instagram. The most yeah. overrated <laughs> chick in the history of the Carolina Panthers, Caroline Can. Next, last call. What is your problem? Yo, what's up, guys? It's Nick from up here in Mass. What's up, Nick? You know, just celebrating tonight. Turned in one of my final essays, so I'm officially graduating from college. Oh, you know, hey, 29 years right. old, but hey, still an accomplishment. So, yes, congratulations. But the real bro. reason why I called was because you guys have talked about, you know, not playing PJ um, and, you know, trying to lose every single game for the rest have, of the season. And play. I completely agree. I think that we definitely should do that as far as losing every game. But at the same time, we need to know what we have in PJ. We need to know where he's going to stand next year. You know, it might hurt playing him in the yeah. aspect that it might hurt it hurt his trade value, or in the aspect if he fucking if he That's loses. What you know, draft. I really don't want to see him lose, win. but at the same time, I want to see us lose to get a better draft pick. And at the same time, if we start PJ, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily start him against the Packers, but I would definitely start him against Washington. Um, if we start PJ and he looks that. like he's doing pretty good and it's looking like, you know, we might have a chance, then we can make the decision to put in Teddy and just be like, all right, yep, no, time for us to lose. You know, because let's face it, Teddy sucks. <laughs> the only way he might win is if we stay ahead the entire time, you know, but he's going to fall on his face. <laughs> Teddy is regressing. That's true, okay? though. I mean, and we should also use this not. opportunity to play anybody who we have question marks on. All right. I mean, I don't know necessarily who those players would be, but I definitely think that this is a good opportunity to do that. On top of this, seeing how I have a minute left, okay, the GM conversation. Marty Herney is remarkably good in the first round. Now, I have not been a Panthers fan for years and years and years, only a couple of years, okay? But in the couple of years I've been here, well, yes, Derek Brown hasn't necessarily been the best choice. It's only his first year. We don't know what we have in him in the long run. Yeah. Brian Burns. Dude's a fucking monster. Christian McCaffrey. That okay. was Pepper. Nah, that was Cam good. Newton. Not, I mean, Luke Keekley. Okay. Those are he's all. He's in the first uh, round. Well, uh, I don't necessarily think that he's the best GM for us. He's proven that he has some worth, and we need to keep him here in some capacity. Even if it's only the first round pick. I mean, I don't know if that's even possible, but love the show, guys. better than Dave Gettleman. (laughs) All right. Uh, Thanks, Nick, and congratulations on the graduation. And don't say uh, I'm 29 and now I'm fine. I'm like, no, that's a great accomplishment, period, bro. Whether you're 29 or not, yeah. Yeah, is that that's not the way, like, don't think I encourage you. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I encourage you not to think of it that way is – whether or not you're on target for time, man, it's a good thing, man. You're working hard. You're achieving your goals. And keep yep. going, bro. And I hate to tell you, this is more than likely, as someone who works in higher ed, sadly, the way the world works is you got to keep going to school. Um, anyway, uh, that's why I'm a teacher, bro, so I can stay in school my whole life. Um, Joy. All right, let's get the hell out of here. I mean, really, is look, Green Bay's coming up. Guys, I don't know what's going to happen with the post-game show, but there could be a chance that we turn it on. Maybe I'll let you guys host a little bit of it. I'll pop in, pop it. Who knows? But um, 
We'll see if we can get it done. If not, guess where we're here. We're here every Tuesday night. We need to ice somebody up, though. Who are you going to ice up this week? I'm going to ice up. I'll, go, I'll start. Not me. I'm icing not. you up. My wife just came in. Look at her. Look. You are not icing me up. Yes, I am. Oh, wait, Look, I, like, see, you can't even see me. I I, that, I can't see you, but they can. Don't yeah. worry. Look. You're not icing me. Smile. <laughs> yes, I'm icing you up. Go on out of here. She's on her first day of vacation. Good. She went out poured it. No, get out of here. You got Corona. Get away from me. You got Rona. Corona. Put your mask on. I got Rona. Put your mask Uh-oh. on. Stop. I got some broke. I got COVID. That's a broke. Look at his thumb. He's giving me a thumbs up. <laughs> Oh, she said he's giving me a thumbs up. It's about me. That's messed up. Ow. Get out of here, woman. All right, I'm icing up somebody. My wife. From that ridiculousness. Boy, she had too much fun because she don't have to work tomorrow. Um, number. All right, my ice up pick. I hate to say this. And I don't like to ice up. And I feel like, man... Look, is that creators on the internet? I, I, I'm, I'm a supporter, man. I am a supporter. Like, you put yourself out there, right? Like, you try to create something we're never ready to create yet. You just got to do it. And I think, uh, CK, you know I'm pretty consistent on this, is that even when you started streaming, what did I just say? Just keep, just stream as much, but just yeah, do yeah. it. Just, just do, it. do it, homie. Don't make it per. Uh, it will... You get back. You figure it out as you go. If you yeah. want to be perfect on day one, you're gonna be. You ain't never gonna do it. No. So, like, I hate to. I don't like to talk junk about creators and this and that. But big B U T T, right? You gotta hit the butt. Nah. Um, I might sit up Big Cat, who's a Carolina Panthers podcaster, and who happens to be the number one Panthers podcaster on YouTube. Dude's got. Like 7,500 subscribers. We've been doing this for seven years. I got 1,700. So smash the subscribe mugs. It helps. I'm not icing him up for what his content generally is and this and that. Like, I just feel like this is that my man went hard on Teddy Bridgewater. Right? Is he got five on it. He wearing the Teddy Bridgewater jersey. He doing dances. We went on the round table, Cody, and he tried to read off these stats to us. Yeah. And I, I don't like this. I will say this is that, I mean, and look, if you're black, look, I ain't going to tell you what the, the way to act or nothing, nothing like this, but I do feel like he uses the N word as an intimidating factor. And he'll be like, and he got, blah, blah, blah. And it's like he's going to yell and say the M word until you believe Teddy Bridgewater is great. <laughs> it was, it's, you know, but he was really, he even at mentioned Teddy Bridgewater on Teddy Bridgewater's birthday. He said, I'm your biggest fan. And boy, Teddy Bridgewater had two damn really bad games. We're not even really bad games. He had two quintessentially Teddy Bridgewater games. Think about it. The Detroit game, I mean, not the Detroit, the Minnesota game and the Denver game were not awful. He didn't throw seven picks. He didn't, like, it was just, it's quintessential Teddy Bridgewater. But I'm icing Big Cat up, who went from at mentioning Teddy Bridgewater on Teddy's birthday as his biggest fan to direct. 
Big Ked literally put a clown face on this week. And maybe we should give him credit for owning up to it. I think it's a little gimmicky or whatever. Anyway, this poor guy painted his face. And now he is no Bridgewater. He is a troubled bro- <laughs> trouble water. This guy got to go. And I think that this is too much what everybody does a little bit. It's like it's like uh, a great argument until it's not. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know. Listen, man, I just want to pat us on the back. Because we've been we consistent. We to tell y'all. We tried to tell of the curve. And fucking, hey, we're spitting that real shit, man. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, hey, listen, we, we've been known to flip-flop, you know, let's sure, be honest, but not sure. to that extent. Not to that extent. And not that quickly. I'll be the first to admit that. How about this? Let me let me let me say this: is that look? Is I'm not even trying to 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 buck on a man too much, like him as a person. What I'm saying is this: if you take a stand, how about this? Let me give an uh, an analogy. If Zach Wilson, if if Cody Lashney comes up here and stumps. And, like, that's a political term. Like, you go stump. Like, you go beg people to vote for you, right? If Mm -hmm. Cody Lashney stumps for Zach Wilson for the next year, and then he has three bad games to start the year, and he goes, Zach Williams, Zach Wilson is a bum. I'm going to let you fucking have it, Cody. Yeah. Right? And and I'm not saying that we can't change opinions, but when you come so strong in defense, I actually say this, is you should probably be sticking with Teddy a little bit longer if you're him. You know, is that, like, at this point, like, you, if you were that hardcore. He's out of it. Yeah. He was adamant that this mug was so good. Or that we were, yeah, is that, I feel like he let, it's like, God, you, like you go to war and that mug behind you and you think he's fighting with you and you turn around, this mug is gone. (laughs) Can I tell tell you what I think happened? Dude, he's in the business of Panther fans, like we all are, right? And it's like I was saying to you earlier, the paradigm shifted now. It, it used to be, if you were Tim Bridgewater, that's fine. That was a healthy sector of the Panther fan base, right? Yeah. But now everyone's not on that no more. So it don't look good if you're out there stumping for the quarterback that the rest of the fan base is doing nothing but shit on. So, hey, man, kudos to him. He, said, he owned yeah, it. yeah, look, a lot of people in the chat room are saying, look, he's owned it. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, first of all, don't put the clown. You don't got to put the clown suit on, I mean. Don't do that to yourself. Don't do it. Twitter was having a field day with homeboy. That, that, I just that thought you could have waited until the offseason to like imagine if you were the coach and you did that. It's like, man, you were we got he's our quarterback. He's our quarterback. Nope, this motherfucker sucked. <laughs> <laughs> all right anyway that's my time to do that with the uh like what what are the what was it that they were talking about with bridgewater you guys may have talked about it where he circumvented chain of command to call the third down plays there at the end it wasn't as bad you know being like it's kind of hard it's kind of hard you know, like you don't want to take too much out of it but ultimately it was this and i've got the clip here is teddy bridgewater actually you, know, you look at us throughout the course of the year we have been coming up short and I think it's just something that an area that we got to improve in, and it starts with me. Um, like you said, uh, being aggressive, you look at us against the Vikings uh, a week ago, we were able to get a chunk play early in a two-minute drive. This week, uh, we kind of shot ourselves in the foot. But 
think uh, I just have to continue to have the right mindset in those situations to put us in a position to win football games. Let's go to David Newton for the next question. Andy, what happened right before the two-minute warning there where you guys rushed to play, it seemed like, and Matt Rule said he, he preferred not to run a play there? Yeah, looking back, I agree with Coach. Uh, it's one of those deals where we could have used the two-minute to come up with the Probably an ideal play. Uh, the play that you know I signaled in was actually a good play as well, but uh, we just didn't execute it. Um, but like Coach said, it's one of those deals where we use the two minutes. We can talk about it on the sideline, and now come up with the right play and maybe make it fourth and manageable, or we come up and you know come up with the play to get the first down on third down. Uh, it's one of those deals where I saw the defense kind of looming around. Thought we could still first down, move the sticks. Uh, but looking back, of course, um, probably should just let the clock go to two minutes. That that on you and nobody else, or yeah, yeah, that's definitely me. Um, as it, like I said, I saw the defense. All right. So the reason uh, uh, that ultimately to your question, CK, is that and, and look is that at the moment I was screaming for us to try to get a playoff too. Like I thought that was yeah. the right move is to like we can get a you know keep more time on the clock if we need it you get a playoff then you get the 2 minute warning then you have your all your timeouts so there was something too trying to hustle it up but the coaches wanted to slow it down and do it more intentionally um so Which and, and ultimately he why? just said that this is how we wanted to do it Teddy thought he got to decide how we do it and we wanted him to do it our way didn't didn't he say that like he didn't want to be play, a part of that type of football? Didn't the coach say that? That was on the throwing it. He said he doesn't. Yeah, and that was a harsh. I would say these are the harshest words. Matt Rule that, this past week gave some, uh, and, and look, his he's always nice. He's always respectful. So he wasn't throwing his players under the. He was asked tough questions though. Yeah. And he said, well, why? And he said, we want to throw him to the sticks. And he made a great point is this. And this is really kind of what our argument has been against Teddy is Matt Rule kind of summed it up. Is that he said, yeah, people were covered, but we want you to go down past the sticks because that actually gives us a chance to live. It's like, yeah, you'll complete this two yard pass. But guess what? The game's over then. Yeah. So, like he said, give Robbie a chance. You know, it might not be the highest percentage chance, but anyway. So, my ice up pick is my ice up pick goes to Big Cat, but not for changing his position, for but abandoning Teddy too quickly. I think he's got to stay with him for a little bit longer. That's my point. All right, who's el- who else has got something? Um. Yeah, um, man. Uh, what is it? Um, mine may not necessarily uh, fall in everybody's uh, category of what they watch, but there is a, another streamer on Facebook. His name is Nitro Luke DX. Um, he basically has made a uh, a career out of just like being toxic, right? Just toxicity. But one of the things that I think people donate stars to him for is he says a hundred percent of his star donations go to a calls. Um, you know, that's basically, he's saying he goes to charity. Um, well, essentially this today, Jeff Leach, my buddy, um, he has found that all of that's fake. Like, um, he, he is not donating those to charity. It is all going into his business, into his bank account. 
$30,000 a month worth of stars. People have been donating to this guy. And now he's in this damage control where he's like, I'm not doing anything illegal. It's going into, um, you know, we're, we are not a charity. We are a, a education center for, you know, the disabled and all this stuff. And I'm just sitting here thinking that should be a charity then, right? Like, shouldn't that be considered it? Why are you, he's no nonprofit. He has nothing of the sort. Um, and the business that he says it goes into is listed as permanently closed. So like to this guy who is like to the point, like where if somebody comes in and has a different opinion of him, he basically tells them that he has sex with their, their mom, like that type of a person. And anytime somebody plays better than him or beats him in something, he, he accuses them of cheating. Like one of the most toxic people um, on the face of the planet. And uh, he just got exposed uh, today and uh, he's playing some damage control. And uh, I just want to tell him, uh, I suck, Nitro Luke. I suck. I suck. Yeah, what uh, a dipshit, man. Do something in the name of charity and you're not know, actually bro. doing it. That's terrible. Autistic. autistic kids, Welcome too. Like, that's to the, whole the world, point. bro. Like, half of the. Half of these, and I I don't like, uh, so a friend of mine pointed this out to me once. You know when you round up? I always love the round up donations. Like I go to Food Lion and they're like, you want to round yeah. up? I'm like, hell yeah, I'll round up. He goes, they taking your tax right off, homie. <laughs> and I, was like, <laughs> I was like, that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. They're writing their yeah. shit off with our... But a lot of times, a lot of these charities, the trust, pay, like the chairmen's and this and that, they're nonprofit, yeah. but they are still Bad money. World. Yeah, exactly. All right, what you got, Cody? Um, listen, mine is uh, it's very simple. I had something else prepared. I don't feel like going to find the clip and telling it, pulling it up. Uh, but uh, I, mine's going to be very simple. Uh, it's still just to everyone saying, oh, no, let's not take a quarterback. Let's draft a corner or a left tackle. And, yes, do we have a need at all of those positions? Yes, no one is denying that. But I'm saying the opportunity to draft a franchise quarterback is not something that you just pass on. And I feel too many fans in Panther Nation are still running off the same mindset and i just i don't understand it it makes zero sense to me i'm just icing up everyone uh who doesn't want to secure our franchise for the next decade by drafting a quarterback ice up son all right it's the c3 panthers podcast the number is 252-228-5098 post game show still to be determined but still call in do everything as normal We'll get it figured out. Uh, follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. Cody, how can they get after you? On Twitter at Cody Lack, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Tomorrow there's a brand new uh, draft on drafttech.com. And yes, I'm going to give you all the inside scoop. I wrote about Zach Wilson. We're taking Zach mm, Wilson. I did, nice. a, I did a whole write-up about him. I provided some highlights. I provided some video clips to show you the things that he does well. And you know I shit all over Teddy Bridgewater, too. So check it out tomorrow, drafthead.com. Man of many streams and video gaming kills CK. Uh, you can find me on Facebook Gaming at Codizzle underscore Allen. 
Um, I have obviously all the other social media outlets as well. So feel free to look me up on that, but uh, come check me out. And uh, tonight at 2 a.m. is the new update for the new Call of Duty Season 1. There's going to be a new map for Warzone. So uh, if you guys are interested in watching that, I'm going to try to stay up at least a little later to see if I can play that. So, yeah, all check right. it out. Uh, smoke some meth and get after it. No, yep. don't smoke no <laughs> meth. Uh, maybe a bang energy drink would be a better idea. All right, we'll see you guys uh, Saturday, Tuesday, all of those aboves, and uh, keep pounding. I answer all my tweets, Lance. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.